This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Right now on JList.com, they have Your Name, Nendoroids, that movie Your Name made by Makoto Shinkai that you all know and love. You can now buy Nendoroids of the main characters Mitsuha and Taki. They are very cheap for Nendoroids. I recommend that you go on to JList.com if you're a fan of the movie and check them out. You can put your pre-order in and you'll be one of the only people amongst your friends that has such an item. So go to JList.com for all of your anime shopping needs. You'll be supporting this podcast as well with your purchases. And now, time to start the podcast. And I'll, I'll read the synopsis in a second, but first what I want to get out of the way on this one is uh, it's it's basically another boy's love um, anime. Oh. It's like the Sekaiichi Hatsukois, uh, the Junjo Romanticas, Super Lovers even. Like, oh, no. It's got the animation style. It's got the formula. It's got the... Shame. What? Shame. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, this isn't another... Well, it's not as... Shame. <laughs> Shame. Has there been bare ass yet? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, it's a start. It's not as pedophilistic. It's not like... That is that is not something you never want to use <laughs> as like a better than situation, um, but like Sekaiichi Hatsukoi is. <laughs> the children are happy that it's not. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> that is wrong on so many levels. <laughs> You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hey everyone, and welcome to the 383rd episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. I'm your host, Chiaki, and I am joined today by Mitsugi on the sound effects. What is up, people? I am hyper. I just Yay. drank a five-hour energy. And, on top of the coffee, I And coffee. And Jeez, I had coffee. Mitz. And I had coffee this morning. And I have bacon in the oven. And he had a... A half of a donut, too. A half a donut, too. Oh, man. You are going to crash so hard. No. <laughs> we're just going to have more caffeine. I have another five-hour energy in the fridge. We're good. Oh, all caffeine God. all the time. And the person who with me who is going, oh, dear God, <laughs> is Kimiko. That's me, guys. Yay. And we three are dedicated to one thing, and that is... Making, making your, your anime, anime addiction, addiction worse. What? There oh. it is. You can find us at aaapodcast.com forward slash join to create your account and get yourself access to hentai episodes, hobby addicts, after parties, and a bunch of other stuff. That's like eight additional podcast episodes per month. Let me just tell you that if you're not going to aaapodcast.com forward slash join and getting that action, you did not hear the Voltron hobby addicts that we just recorded. In we which talked about Voltron a lot. We Kimiko, did. Kimiko, very enthusiastic about her Voltron. She I, is, in fact, tattooed with Voltron. I am. I, I have developed a habit of tattooing my right arm with my favorite fandoms for you the know last, I, like, five years. You know what I love it? The love about you, though, with uh, this, is that it's like Voltron has been out for, like, a year. I know! 
And you're just like, you know what? I, I need this on my shoulder for forever. And I'm not shunning you for that. I no. le- legitimately love that about you. I mean, it's kind of, I had somebody call me Taoist the other day. Um, the Tao of tattoo the Tao of tattoo like just that go with the flow mentality of like I really like this thing I'm gonna tattoo it on me because <laughs> like I did the same thing with um, I did the same thing with Haikyuu I did the same well Haikyuu was more like I got it after being obsessed with it for ever you've been obsessed with Haikyuu for a oh, while that one I, I have been obsessed like Haikyuu is the most obsessed I have ever been about an anime specifically ever um Hamilton though Hamilton I mean if I'm gonna drop that much money and go and see it three times on Broadway in New York I feel like it's worth tattooing on my personage forever but that was only like a year of Hamilton being out as well I think and Gravity Falls had only been out for a couple of years and I got it before the series finale which could have really screwed me if the series finale (laughs) sucked but I loved it enough that I was like no so no regrets. No regrets. Anyways, no yes, we, we talked about that on our recent Hobby Addicts. So if you are a member and you do have access to the Hobby Addicts, go check it out. You can find us also on Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash AAA podcast. And that is our fan group fun page. That's like the epic place right now. There are 1,362 members on there nice. in which there are 30 members joining daily. At least 30, it says. So there is a lot of people on there just like you that you could talk with. And there's like a boatload of conversations occurring. Yeah, it's it's actually it's a really fun place to be. And the hosts go in and weigh in every now and then. So many posts occurring that I posted about our AAA podcast Fantasy Football League on that page and went back to look for the post post that I made and could not find it. <laughs> I don't know, you know where it has I, a search bar. Well, right there. I am. I am noob. I did not I, know about that and well, I did not find it. But on that note. There is a AAA podcast fantasy football league, of which oh. there are three spots remaining. Oh boy! There it is, twelve teams, and the buy-in is forty dollars, and the podcast will be will be contributing twenty dollars to the pot. So, and the oh. winner will take the winner will take all by five hundred dollar cash prize to the winner. If you would like to play in the fantasy football league, I recommend you email me at aaamitsugi at gmail.com, and I will give you instructions on how to do so. There are only three spots left. And you, you can play against Mitsugi, and he's not going to go easy on you. I did win one, <laughs> I did win one year recently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want to be involved in that, don't wait because it's first come, first serve. And if you wait, you will not get in, I promise. So, so on today's episode, we're going to talk about top anime in some unusual genres. So stay tuned for that. And then we're going to have impressions on Princess Principal, Cleone no Akare, Gamers, Koi to Uso, Hitori Jime, My Hero, and Isekai Shokudo. And now... That's some bit, that, That's a big, exciting list of, of stuff. It mm-hmm. is. For this week's Big Bang, Higurashi has been written on the windows of a vandalized middle school in Tochigi. That is terrifying. It actually is really terrifying. So apparently a teacher at this Ogawa Junior High School discovered 12 glass doors and a shoe rack, which is right at the entrance of the school, that they had all been broken and the word Higurashi was written in red spray paint across the windows in the staff room. That, that like... That is really creepy. You'll remember then one of the Higurashi episodes, Reina goes through the school and like breaks all the windows. I think she used a baseball bat, but... Somebody's trying to emulate Higurashi. Yeah. Like, actually, genuinely. 
Oh, I really hope this doesn't end in murder. (laughs) Yes. Um, The vandalism actually isn't even the first of its kind lately right now. Apparently, a a junior high in a neighboring city about nine kilometers away had 64 of its glass doors damaged in the last two weeks. And of course, police are investigating if uh, if the incidents are related, but I don't think there's any confirmation yet if they are or aren't. But it's close enough (laughs) and similar enough. 64 glass doors? I am so disturbed. How do you manage to break 64 glass doors without know. getting caught? As a person Baseball who, bat at night? As a person who I worked guess, in one of these but... schools, actually, as a, as, actually, l- l- let me clarify that. As a person who worked at five of these schools, <laughs> I could not tell you how easy it would be to break into one of them. I mean, there's, I guess, it like, is literally like, it'd be like trying to claw your way through a wet napkin, that, getting into one of the schools at night, yeah. I guess, but 64, though, you would think that somebody would hear something or there would be somebody walking around at night or a police officer, security guard, Mm -hmm. nothing. It's Japan, man. They They don't expect people to go vandalizing and writing Higurashi on things. Yeah, probably. They have like, I mean, they have like uh, like metal gates that slide closed to prevent to prevent cars. Yeah, but you can get over that if you're like even moderately determined. No, my point is that like I would drive the car up to the gate, get out, open the gate. Drive my car through it, get out, close the gate. Like yeah. they don't even lock the gate. Yeah. So it's they don't. There's no crime in Japan. They don't. Except well, for well, apparently this person. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> this they, one person. There's a low level of crime, I should say. But so they just don't bother with this type of thing. I mean, you could break a window, and they don't have security guards. You can just break a window and climb in. Now, 64 door glass doors. What the hell school is this? Because I don't think mine were that big. It must have been a very large school. Still, that's gonna be expensive. It's creepy, man. Yeah, that's got that's gonna be real expensive. It, I mean, it's gotta cost a few hundred dollars to fix every door, right? Yeah. So you're talking like thousands of dollars of damage there, probably like twenty grand worth of damage. That's that sucks. But it's super creepy. It is super creepy. Like I'm just thinking, if somebody had seen Higurashi to come to school and see what said person had done, I would be terrified of going to school. Like yeah. I would. Oh, I'm sure they canceled the school. You think? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and they're not going like to subject this. the students to that. And nah, they closed it for sure. I mean, they closed the schools I, yeah. for almost anything, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Prepare for trouble. Make it double. Shut up. You haven't had one useful thing to say since you got here. This is kind of big news. I was going to say, this. I'm surprised that this doesn't didn't end up being its own topic, but I guess maybe it could be well, in the future we'll, as well, things unfurl. I think this is pretty much all we'll do until the news breaks, so I think it'll be a, a larger conversation. Yeah, well, the big, the big news here is that Sony, yes, Sony. The big evil Sony. Has purchased Funimation. What? Yep. Misuki turns on our PlayStation 2 neon sign. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. What what would make them do that? Why? Well, so Funimation catalog has a pretty decent catalog of things like Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, One Piece, My Hero Academia, Attack on Titan, Last Shared Acquired Your Name. So they have a bunch of big titles. And the deal people are expecting will augment Sony Picture Television Network's multi-platform Animax Network which is geared around Japanese anime content in 23 countries, including Japan. Mm. So it seems like a, uh, a licensing play and a consolidation yeah. play. Yeah, and they, over, they overspent on this one, though. Um, Holy crap. There's no way in hell Funimation is worth $150 million. Let me just say that. Not even, I, not even a snowball's chance in hell. As, as typical business valuation would be like three to five years of operating income, 
That would mean that Funimation has to do like $40 million, not revenue, operating income per year. And let's say like a typical company would have like a 10% operating margin. So that would be, what, what, what is that? $40 million of operating income. There's no way this company does $400 million of revenue a year. It's impossible. I bet it's not, it's not even a fraction of that. Yeah. It's got to be all based on the future expectations of My Hero Academia, Attack on Titan, one piece. I was gonna and say this, it's it's the licensing values. I think more than more than the revenues of the company itself. I think it's the licensing values and the what Sony thinks that they're going to be able to do with those now that they have those licenses. But with this acquisition, they purchased a ninety five percent majority stake in Funimation for one hundred and forty three million U S dollars. That is insane. So Funimation is now. Owned by Sony. Ooh, wait, Captain Avatar in the chat actually makes a good point. So does this mean this will be the end of the Crunchyroll relationship? I I can't speak to what how this is going to change Crunchyroll or Funimation. I imagine Funimation will still exist, just as it is now. I don't, see, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Because oftentimes, oftentimes with a company like Funimation, and, and, I'm, and I'm speaking from a place somewhat of experience in the sense of, you know, I, I worked for a large Fortune 500 company that, I I saw some of the mergers and acquisitions that occurred within the company, and I can't talk specifically to any particular one. But um, what I can say is that whenever a whenever a purchase like this happens, or whenever an, an a large acquisition of majority stake in a company like this happens, you know, it, it's not just Sony comes in and says, "Okay, we now own ninety five percent of Funimation," and then figures out what to do with it. There are talks that have happened long before this deal is inked about what Sony expects and what Sony wants to do with it. And what I mean by that is is Oftentimes, what will end up happening is they'll say, we want the original team to stay or to stay in these positions. Or conversely, they could say, we do not want the original team. We want them out. We want to replace them with our people. And so either either is possible. And, And usually, though, I mean, again, granted, when you have something like a private company like this, you have probably the people in charge with the people who founded Funimation. Mm-hmm. We're still running it to some extent. I, I, I don't know that for sure. Someone could correct me, but I'm just going to take a guess. With something like a private company like Funimation, you're probably maybe like one transfer of power out from the founders if you are. And so you have people who are embroiled in the company. And this is definitely a thing where Sony comes in and there's a point at which Sony get, puts enough zeros on the acquisition price that it made it worth it for them. They ever paid. And, and it could be one of those things where, you know, the people involved at Funimation, maybe they don't even want to be there. Maybe Sony didn't negotiate for them to stay. So with regards to something like, you know, the, the Crunchyroll relationship, yes, there might be, not might be, there are legal documents in place surrounding that relationship. And who knows what they say, but... I'm sure there is a contingency for if Crunchyroll or Funimation was purchased by a parent company that now so that now Sony will have to honor within the parameters of those requirements on the that that legal agreement that was inked. But this is actually great news for people. I mean, I know there's a lot of uh 
probably bitching and moaning happening because everyone's like, oh my God, Funimation got bought. My, my life's over. I think right now it's mostly just uncertainty, like what this will mean for Funimation. The the fact of the matter is that Fun, Sony can, bring, can take Funimation to places that Funimation couldn't go by itself. For example, Sony has PlayStation Plus, yeah. which has... I don't, I'm, I'm just going to guess 50 million users. It's probably It could be more than that. Sony could easily make Funimation free to every single one of those people with their PlayStation Plus subscription. Yeah. So, for example, and I wouldn't be shocked if they do something like that. I, w- I, I cannot imagine that Sony will not roll Funimation into their PlayStation offerings. I, I would it's be a, shocked. It's, it, I mean, it, it'd be idiotic. And, and, and it's going to... Could the value of Crunchyroll... So, so I'm, I'm looking... I'm, I'm, no, no, no. Could the value of Crunchyroll go up as the last remaining majority stakeholder independent player in the anime streaming market? Because now, if you're looking at this, you have Funimation has been acquired by Sony, and Sony has a wide reach and acquires all their licenses, so all the streaming is now through Sony. You have Amazon moving in with Anime Strike, yep. and you have Netflix doing its kind of, you know... I feel like anime is a side play for Netflix. I feel like it's um, one definitely. of those things where they're like, we're going to be in this, but you guys can duke it out. Like, we're just going to grab one or two shows a season and hang over here in our corner and focus on Stranger Things. And please, Netflix, focus on Stranger Things. <laughs> um, but I almost wonder if I'm looking at this and thinking, Crunchyroll's all that's left when it comes... I mean, really, all that's left when it comes to sort of these independent legal anime streaming companies. And I almost wonder if we're going to see... I I wonder if we're going to see Sony announce that they've acquired Crunchyroll. Or I wonder if it's going to prompt Amazon to acquire Crunchyroll faster so that Sony doesn't. Well, I don't think it could trigger any kind of antitrust lawsuits because there's just too many ways for people to consume, to consume anime. There's there's too many small services out there that would make it a non-monopoly. Even if they bought Crunchyroll, which let's be honest, they easily could. Um So apparently Joshua Joshua Caleb in the chat says Crunchyroll is owned by AT&T. That doesn't really matter though. I mean, they yeah. could buy Crunchyroll from AT&T. Yeah. So still, I I still look at that though, and like I don't think I mean AT and T, yeah, they're they're making some nice money on it. Yeah, but I would I could definitely see Sony or Amazon coming in saying, hey AT and T, we want to buy this little company that you have under your umbrella. Here's a giant check, and AT and T <laughs> would be like, okay, okay, that's you know that's one less thing we have to worry about, and a lot of zeros that look real pretty in our bank account. Did we? Pre- I mean, did we predict this? Didn't we just have a conversation about Anime Strike and how we could see the industry having some consolidation? Well, we thought that the consolidation would happen purely with Amazon, but now it looks like we've got two contenders. Ah. Though Sony, honestly, Sony makes more Sony makes more sense to me than Amazon does in the really? sense they're a Japanese company. Oh, fair. They have I, the I inroads. forgot about that, yeah. They're more they're more media based than they have been for a long time. They're more media based, they have been for a long time. They have Amazon has the reach in a consumer base, but their reach on a consumer streaming base is still tumultuous at best. Um, as far as media goes, the only corner that Amazon has is books. Which Amazon has books cornered, locked down, thrown thrown in its own jail. <laughs> Perimeter set up. No one is touching Amazon when it comes to having, you know, the publishing industry. But as far as music or 
movies or TV shows, Amazon has been struggling, I feel like, even with its its user base to have that pick up. And and Sony, Sony, I think, has a different problem in that Sony's been in media for a long time, but unlike Amazon, it's a Japanese company and I feel like they're oftentimes slow to adapt to changes in market trends with regards to technology, which is ironic. I realize that sounds like it should make no sense, yeah. Well, yeah. but it it does in the sense of, you know, they're a Japanese-focused company and they're slow to adapt. Sony knows media. I mean, Sony was the Walkman way back in the day. Sony is Blu-ray. I mean, they basically created Blu-ray with Panasonic, I think. I mean, they they are media, and there's a hundred and so like I already took I already took some hate in the chat for existing <laughs> as a human. Um, I would sign a contract with the demon if it was a good deal. So, but I'm like, well, first of all, it's not a good deal because they overpaid for this. I'm certain of it. Funimation is a private company. We'll never know what their financials look like. But there is no, there's not a chance in hell they have a four hundred million dollar revenue. But this is, but this is where I look at it, and I say, I I wonder if Sony's looking at it going. If they really want to make that play in the anime market and are potentially looking at acquiring something like Crunchyroll and trying to gain the monopoly on anime streaming, if, if they're looking at it going, it's worth it to us just to do this, you know, throw money on it to gain our monopoly. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they don't have a monopoly even after buying Funimation, but... But people shouldn't be so upset about this. I mean, there's there's a all right, there's 110 million. I'm, I'm looking at it right here. There's 110 million PlayStation Network users, 21 million paid PlayStation Plus subscribers as of a year ago. The, anime is going to be brought to a lot of people, maybe even for free because of this. Sony, if Sony owns all these licenses, this stuff's going to come to your PlayStation. And it, I mean, and Sony Sony would have the ability to make it free and make it just another another. Um, value a value play for your play for your PlayStation Plus subscription. Yeah, I mean, people should be happy. The, that's Animax, that's if to to bring to bring the points of the chat together though the the live chat. That's if Sony gets their their gear their shiznat together, which um, Sony has been notorious for. You know, the right hand not knowing what the left is doing. It's just a possibility, but but lim- I want to put it like this to you, okay. Yes. Funimation doesn't have 110 million subscribers on anything. Oh yeah! So like you're basically you you are guaranteed nothing with Funimation, and now you have a, a company that is massive that can bring this and that can bring anime to all these people in 23 countries. Which I don't have I don't have a fact sheet in front of me, but I'm guessing Funimation doesn't deliver their their anime to 23 countries. I mean, including Japan. So I mean, I definitely think I definitely think that this acquisition can this is, help. It's good yeah. for anime. So people are going to complain about it cuz they don't like seeing Funimation get bought, but my I mean, my only that's... hesitation, my only hesitation with this and and where I could see, you know, people's concerns being very founded is if is if fun is if Sony was doing this just to acquire the licenses and to remove a competitor from a market they want to be more prevalent in and they have no interest in what Funimation actually does in the sense of the dubbing and closes down the dubbing houses, the, the, the really, dubbing aspect of it. But like, if they if they didn't care about the dubbing, why would they buy the licenses from Funimation? They just go get the licenses from the studios or something. There there must be a reason why they specifically bought them from Funimation. It's, well, it's got to be for English unless Funimation unless Funimation holds. 
Well, I guess they would they would only hold the English rights yeah, to I mean, it. They don't yeah. have. It isn't because like Crunchyroll has the Japanese rights to Attack on Titan. So, like, th- obviously, they're not. It, it makes no sense for them to just own the rights to to what? I mean, they would just go to Viz to uh, Wit Studio and get the rights from to Attack on Titan or whoever well, directly. And I it, mean, and it would probably. Well, it'd there's probably, probably be. exclusive licenses though. So, for example, if Funimation had maybe worldwide all language licenses, then it would they would have to go to Funimation to get it. My thought is that Funimation won't change a whole lot. In fact, as far as I can tell, they're still announcing their English dub casts as of days ago. So if you go on if you go on like anime news websites, you can find like literally today, Funimation announces dub cast for for so and so anime. Their simul dub has been like not active though recently. Like Boku no Hero Academia, uh I think like the last two, three weeks worth of simul dub episodes haven't come out, if I remember correctly. Maybe it was because of this. Maybe Probably. things were on a freeze. August 2nd, Funimation announces Kronos Ruler English dubcast. I'm sure this acquisition has been in the works for months. Yeah. If not if not a year. So if Funimation was getting ready to shut their doors and be done with with dubbing, they would not be announcing their dubcasts for new anime as of Wednesday, August 2nd. Well, you continue on as business as normal, though, even if you, there's a chance that you might be acquired because there's a chance the deal might not go through. Uh, not really... I'm not so sure about that. I don't know. I, I, I I'm just saying. People... I I hope I hope that Sony doesn't close down Funimation's doors. If for nothing else, then the voice talent involved. I mean, it may not be called Funimation anymore. It may be called Animax. But I think that Sony would not buy the would not buy English distribution rights to these anime if they weren't planning on releasing the anime in English. And and Funimation would not be announcing new dub casts for new anime as of days ago. If they were going to shut their doors, and I'm sure that's why people are scared because they think, oh, Sony bought Funimation. Funimation's not going to exist anymore. And yeah. that's not, that is not going to happen. If anything, people that could never access Funimation any, previously will now be able to access it. And Sony is going to do that because they need to figure out a way to make up that $150 million they just spent. And they're not going to make that money by just distribu- uh, distributing anime in America. They're going to do it in England. They're going to do it in all of Western Europe. They're going to hit. They're going to hit Japan. They're going to hit Australia. They're going to hit all the major markets globally, which is how they're probably justifying the money. They're like, oh well, Funimation may not make this kind of money because they can't, but we can. We're going to take your name and 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 blow this thing out of the water and make a hundred million dollars in DVD sales globally, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't think they definitely anything. have the distribution channels. So. I mean, Funimation couldn't do much on their own because they don't have a lot of money, but Sony can bring anime to new places. And I think people should be, people should look at change a little um, less pessimistically. Change is scary. It is. I I mean, I would say that if Amazon bought Crunchyroll right now, I would not be unhappy about it because they will, they will bring Crunchyroll to places that it can't go by itself. And just because they buy it, I mean, companies get bought all the time. Like when Sega bought Atlas, the video game company, I didn't have a panic attack about it. And guess what? Persona Five still came out. So, I guess we just and Persona Five is pretty good. It's pretty <laughs> damn good. And guess what? They're making an anime. They may, they have two animes coming out. And, Did they really? And, and three games coming out already. So just because a company buys another company doesn't mean they're like, oh, we just want to eliminate the, the competitor. So we're gonna buy Atlas and just eliminate Persona. No, they're gonna buy it and then make money off of it. Yeah. So people need to. I know I'm saying people, but like I've already heard people just in our chat 
freaking out about it. And people shouldn't freak out. They should be happy. This is good. Don't I think it's good. Worry. Be, be happy. happy. All right. Either way, let us know your thoughts. Join that group on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash AAA podcast, and we can have a discussion there. Does everybody hate me? Am I a dick? Do we I feel I, don't, I I have insecurity problems. No, nah, man. The mass people me- love you. You're the, fine. The mass media game has broken me down. The mass media game. Um. All right. Trivia. This week's answer was Attack on Titan, and the current theme is still named the anime based on the building. Mm-hmm. And, and the winner for. The winner for this week, oh goodness, was Plebe, Chibi Rob, Irresponsible Captain Tyler, the Golden answers. Jedi Link, Aradius, Black Shinobi, Outlaw Mazinger, Blue Shinobi, Icy Rose, Kawato Kenshi, Lady Greybush, Ichigo Fields, The Bearded Guy, oh my god, it's Derby oh Murphy, god. and the winner was Golden Jedi Link, nice as it should be. And the answer was Attack on Titan. That's what I said. She oh, said, you that? said that? I said yeah, that up front. Someone in the <laughs> chat just said, or though, or Sony will mo- monopolize the market and raise prices. Well, they can't monopolize the market. There's like 11 more services that offer anime, including Amazon. How would they do that? Our in-show trivia Sorry. question to I'm, play with, to play against yourself over the news stop. break is how many anime have won Academy Awards? And we'll give you that answer when we come back and talk about our main topic, which is top anime in some unusual genres. Hey, all you anime junkies out there, this is Mitsugi, and it's time for the anime news. Getting us started off, Kyoto Animation has made a splash with Netflix. Netflix has announced that it is going to be streaming the Violet Evergarden anime series worldwide. Netflix says that they're going to stream the series starting in Japan when the anime airs in this coming January, and that following the release in Japan, Netflix will stream the series outside of Japan starting in spring of 2018 to the rest of the world. Violet Evergarden is a Kyoto Animation anime project by author Kana Akatsuki. The Violet Evergarden won an award with the with Kyoto Animation and has been slated to be made into an anime project. So there is there is some pretty good staff involved with the film. They have uh, Taichi Ishidake, Ichidate Reiko Yoshida, who worked on Bakuman and Yomushi Petal, is series composition. And they also have some very good names in sound directing and in the general music overall. So for those of you that want to see yet another gorgeous Kyoto Animation anime property that is from an award-winning manga or light, rather light novel, it's going to be coming via Netflix next year. Next up, something that has me very excited, Dragon Quest Builders is getting a sequel. Square Enix has announced that the Dragon Quest Builders property is getting a sequel for PlayStation 4 and Switch. The, they, this was around, announced recently during the Dragon Quest Summer Festival 2017 broadcast that happened this past week. 
the game Dragon Quest Builders came out several years ago on PlayStation 4 and other systems and was a huge success for the Dragon Quest franchise. This released back in January of 2016. It was a very cute little Minecraft type game and for those of you that love Dragon Quest or Minecraft, this is definitely a very cute addition to your video game library. Next up, an update on Persona 5. Persona 5, the game has shipped 1.8 million copies worldwide, making it a huge success for Sega Sammy Holdings and Atlas. The latest entry into the game came out on September 15th in Japan and has been a huge hit after its release in North America on April 4th. In addition, several anime projects are, in the, are slated for the Persona 5 game including the, the, the Persona 5 The Animation Daybreakers television special, which was done by A1 Pictures that aired back in September 3rd, which set up the prologue for the video game. So for those of you that love Persona, there is some good news there, and look out for some anime and probably some spin-off games in the coming months. And for our last bit of news, Macross Delta is getting a theatrical anime project. The 35th anniversary of Macross as a franchise is coming up and to celebrate this it was announced at the Rock and Japan Festival 2017 that Macross Delta is going to be getting an anime film so that's some pretty good news in addition to the film the 35th anniversary of Macross is being celebrated with a virtual reality project a live music concert a planetarium an amusement park center and some other really interesting things so good on Macross and for good good for fans of this of the franchise this is Mitsugi and it's time to get back to the podcast Mitsugi I miss Japan me too what do you miss most hmm that's tough I love the onsen and there's nothing like that here in America also I loved getting around on trains but oh I know I'd miss the convenience stores oh there's nothing like them here in America. All the wacky things you can find. Anime gummies, strange crackers, Kit Kats flavored like green tea. I even saw Cheetos flavored like Mountain Dew. What? Ew. Were they good? I don't know. I never got to try them, and now I never will. You know, now that you mention it, I think JList.com sent out some on their snack subscription a while back. Snack subscription? I joined to give me that little taste of Japan. Every month, they send you a random selection of Japanese snacks. It can be hit or miss on taste, but it's always fun to open your mailbox and see what you got. I miss the Japanese convenience stores, but hey, it's a little flavor of my Japanese adventures. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. JList.com, right? Mm-hmm. You can set it up as airmail or EMS. You can even buy it as a gift for someone else if you want. But you don't get to choose your own snacks? Well, no. Not as part of the snack subscription. It's a random grab. And hey, I think that's more fun. But if you want your pick, JList.com has dozens of snacks you can choose from and order a la carte. They're always getting more. So if you're craving something special, you never know if it'll come up. That settles it. I'll go to JList.com today. It's been way too long since I've eaten something octopus flavored. The Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast presents Bedtime Stories with Chiaki. So I get to my school where I'm teaching and I decided to wear a skirt. <laughs> so I'm walking to my school and my school has this deck thing that we go up to get into the school. And I'm walking and I trip and I fall face first, ass in the air, and my skirt goes up to my shoulders and my ass is facing the parking lot and there's a car there with a parent in it. <laughs> and my ass is just hanging out. 
It was a, a real-life Moe moment. Someone might need to pay a visit to the Church of Mitsugi. I can God. just say that I've I've actually fell and given a panty shot. And now, back to the hosts. And it is good to be back. Always, It's always good for... Good. Interesting for me to listen to that drop because it is that moment where I'm just like, oh, I remember that day. That was a very, very interesting day. And I bet everybody in that car who was watching was like, anime is real. They were like, <laughs> they were like no, it, it was it was definitely more of a. Uh, oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we're back. We are now on our main topic, which, oh, first though, in-show weekly trivia question. How many anime have won Academy Awards? Not very many. The answer is not eggs. Not <laughs> enough. Yeah, not an egg. Not, oh. not an egg, Kimiko. Nice try. Thank you. I, I put all my effort into it. They've been making anime. They've been doing the Academy Awards in anime for like 100 years, right? But only two anime have won an Academy Award. And one of them was for a short animation, which was La Mason and Petite Cubes, which is awesome, by the way. That is a fantastic. Though, wasn't that, was that done by a, by a Japanese studio? Or I thought that was, I know it's, it's French. I thought it was a French studio. Um, well, now that you've said that, let me look that up. I could be wrong. You might be right. Um, I, know it's, I know it's directed by a Japanese guy. The other one that we all know is uh, Spirited Away. Which mm-hmm. was Hayao Miyazaki's soiree into Studio anime. O production. I don't know who has done. Oh, they did Gauss, Gauss the cellist. Yeah, all of their stuff looks like it's Japanese stuff. Okay. Yeah. So cool. that's good enough for me. I don't know like where it's yeah. based or whatever, but yeah. And I and I think I think La Mesa and Petite Cubes wasn't even. It, it was an animated short film. I want to yeah, say it was like the category. It's like, it's like eight minutes long, and yeah. holy crap, it's good. It's fantastic. It's it really real is. It's real good. What's it about? It's in a town where, you know, I don't need to read the synopsis. It's about it's about a, a world where the whole world has flooded, right? And there's an old and there's a bunch of people that are building their houses higher and higher and higher as the floodwaters rise. Yeah. It's like it's like Water World basically. Okay. And there's this old guy, the Mason or whatever. And he's like laying bricks and stuff, making his house higher and higher so he can keep living above the water. And one day he drops like he drops his pipe that he smokes into the water and it goes down through the built through the floors of the building. Mm-hmm. And he puts all on, the way to like the floor. Of- yeah, really deep. And he puts on like a scuba suit and goes down. I think it's a, I think he does. And as he goes down to get his pipe, he is remembering all the memories of his life as he goes down through the floors of the building, like from decades and decades ago, like his children and his wife. And he's reliving like his whole life as he travels through the floors of the, of the building. And it's really amazing. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's like, it's 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 beautiful and heartbreaking. It's like eight minutes. It's like eight minutes long. I want to watch it it right now. Yeah. (laughs) It is eye watering. It's so good. It is. It is one of those things that it's the perfect example of how, like it makes you mad for some other films that you watch and you're like, I felt more and, cried more oh. and like more everything in eight minutes with this short film yeah. than like entire full like, movie. Yeah. yeah. Shelter. It's, the English title is The House of Small yes. the, the House of Small Cubes. It's twelve minutes long. And yeah. it is oh my God. It is it is everything. It is everything you, you wanted and didn't know. I'm sorry, it's every bit as uh, this might be controversial. Surprising from me. 
It could what? be it could be every bit as good as Spirited Away. I'm not gonna say that. No? But no. I but I will say it is it is a it is a profound and incredibly well done short film. It, it may not be as fun as Spirited Away, it may not look as good, but if you take the meaning of the movie and the message that it has and like the emotional impact, I think it's every bit as good as Spirited Away. Or any anime for that matter. But yeah, I mean obviously the budget's not there. It's only it's only twelve minutes long. Okay. Yeah. Now that I've made everybody mad again, let's see here. <laughs> All right. So, so our main topic today is top anime in unusual genre, genre, genres, genres. Yeah. So it's not very fun talking about an an, like the best sports anime or whatever. But what about like the best anime with dragons? The best little sister love anime. I mean, and I encourage you, know, you to we throw all more. need us some little sister love. And I only wrote down six of these, so I, I encourage you both to toss a few more in. But I, you know, why not? Oh my god, for little sister love anime, uh, Scum's Wish. Yes, because I mean, technically, well, let's start there then. Yeah, technically, throughout the entire anime, she's calling him her older brother. Yes, and we determined the last time when we did the review of Scum's Wish that or uh, Kuzu no Honkai. Um, that she wasn't related to him by blood, but because he was around for such a lengthy period of her life since she was very young, in her mind, he was that older brother figure to her. And I wouldn't be surprised if he saw her in much the same way. Exactly. Um, So I feel like if we're looking at it as best and not trying to define it purely off of that, like, moe, tropey, like... Um, why is my little sister into me type of anime, yeah. then I would definitely say Scum's Wish is, is my vote for best one. I I actually, you know, that is, that is a fantastic, I wouldn't have even <laughs> thought of that one. Because it is, you're right. It isn't, it isn't like an obvious, like, you know, my, here's an actual little sister sibling. This is, creepy relationship it's 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 done well it's done realistically yeah and it's done in such a way that's serious god that anime was good i loved that anime oh. so much i love that anime way too much of course i feel like if you're if you're looking at uh i i feel like if you're looking at anime that you know maybe falls more in line with the tropey mctroperson you have my little sister can't be this cute <laughs> that's right yeah, um, Ghost P and um, Toilet Toilet Games, the animation. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, My Little Sister's affairs are unusual. Like they spent half that anime with her on the toilet peeing <laughs> because she's got the because that she's got the anime. she's got the garter belt thing on that can like come off like for like an hour a day or whatever. I and so she, so she's constantly like getting ready to pee herself. I feel like I feel like we have three examples of like. Kimiko's Kimiko's <laughs> choice is like, you know, the the here's one that is a really good show that has this theme and it's almost an example of how to do this theme right. Yeah. I'm I'm air quoting that hard because we are talking about little sister hard. love. Yeah. Oh god. Do it hard. Um no. but you know, it's it's not actual incest going on. It's yeah. not and they even they even do paint it though to be kind of creepy yeah kind of wrong um and and so we have yours which is on that end of the spectrum we have you know mine which is my little sister can't be this cute or oremo which is you know the short version oremo um 
which is the short version of that, which is kind of the, you know, more fun side of things. Um, Slightly less rapey. Yeah, but but kind of the it fulfills the tropes and the comics and whatnot. And then we have Mitsugi's version, which is what the crap did I just <laughs> watch? <laughs> oh man, the trifecta of little sister love. Well, right I mean, there. it's it's kind of an oxymoron when you are looking for the best little. I love my little sister anime because for the most part, I don't think there are any good ones. I mean, not Scum's that I would say are like truly good shows. Scum's Wish. Scum's but, Wish. But Scum's That's Wish it. isn't about little, loving your little sister, is it? Uh, it's, it's about the little, little sister, sister loving the him. older brother, yeah. Oh. Oh my. Oh my, yes. I stand corrected. Okay, well, I feel like there are more of these too. There was the recent one about the, oh, I can't even remember. I can never remember the names of the bad shows. <laughs> Why would you want to? There was the one with. Well, this is supposed to be top anime, though. I guess you know, even if it's not good, it does embody the genre. <laughs> Fair enough. There was the there was the one about the 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 manga artist who his little sister drew all the illustrations that just came out. I can't, I already can't remember the name of it. I got nothing. Yeah. Well, someone in the chat will come up with it. Yeah, I'm sure. So. The next one I wrote down is non-Fujoshi sports. Doesn't exist. That's not true. <laughs> okay, what do you mean by this, though, Mitsugi? Just just for clarity's sake. Like sports anime that can't be misconstrued by the Fujoshi? Yeah. Because not not possible. Well, we all know that, like, Yomushi Pedal and, and, Homo and, right, and, and, and Haikyuu are basically I Fujoshi have two. shows. I have two. Okay. One's, I recognize, is kind of on the cusp, but Chihayafuru. Okay, that's fair. I would, I would not. I, uh-huh. I, I, I mean, I could make it. There's, there's Fujoshi romance babe. there, but it's not like the entire cast is not attractive young men. I mean, men. you could definitely take the two young men. Okay, now here's the other one that's uh-huh. definitely not Fujoshi babe. Uh-huh. March comes in like a lion, which is about shogi. If you consider shogi a sport, okay, okay, or, which or not shogi, um, is it shogi? I think it's shogi. Yeah, it's shogi. Okay, just kidding. Um, I I think I will give you that one because the main character is for sure not Fujoshi bait, <laughs> and the other characters, the other male characters, are also for sure not, not Fujoshi, Fujoshi bait. <laughs> And the rest are female characters, and there really isn't there really isn't a romance plot there at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll give you. March comes in like a lion. Um, I think the only other thing I could think of is Hajime no Ippo. I could I could see that. Um, because and and here's the thing about Fujoshi Bait. I think in Japan there's definitely more of that distinct shonen. Or uh, shonen eyes, uh, yaoi, like it's very specific to Fujoshi that like we want like like the Sekaiichi Hatsukoi, the Junjo Romantica, the whatever this new one that just came out is uh, Hitorijime My Hero. Like they are very much meant to be for the Fujoshi. Yeah. Um, and then you have the ones like Free, where they are animated in a way that is meant to be fan service. And it's, or the Haikyuu's, oh, no. which are. Free, definitely not Fujoshi. Oh, no, not at all. Not even a little. Not um, even, no, and no. then Haikyuu, you've just got a multitude of. What's your type? Character. We've got it. It's in there somewhere <laughs> in the 50, 60, 70 characters that are all boys and all pretty and all tall. Um, 
But like, except for that one short character that has a chip on his shoulder about it. <laughs> I've never seen high school, but or high high school high Q, but I'm betting there's, that character exists. There's huh? always one. Being such a close friend of Gimiko, how is it literally humanly possible you have not seen high Q? I feel like something should remain sacred for her. <laughs> <laughs> she's already she's already chipped away but, at my love of Avatar: The Last Airbender. I'm not letting her have but, IQ. But Kazu already already took the IQ virginity. Well, no, so I mean Kazuo loved it. You would be no. sloppy seconds. No, Kazuo loved, loved it. it. If she watched it, I worry she would hate it, and then oh, it would just slightly oh, see. it would damage the love I have for it because. She, well, but IQ doesn't suck though. No, Haikyuu's amazing, it, and I love it. It doesn't so suck. So anyway, let's quite move on. <laughs> Which is what I was also told about Avatar The Last Airbender, so. Well, you said it, I didn't. Thank you for sparing me from being hated yet again. Okay, so anyway. I was going to say major. To. The baseball anime. Well, I, really quickly, really quickly. What I was what I was trying to get to is the concept of Fujoshi, for me, is looking for homoerotic subtext when there wasn't any in canon. And that can be done for anything. Yeah. Literally anything. Yeah. Like, give me any anime and I could give you a homoerotic subtext. Hajime no Ippo. Well, that's the only one that I came up with that I was like, meh, oh, but I've no, never seen I can, it. I can think of one. Initial D. I can think of homoerotic subtext in Hajime no Ippo. There was that whole arc about the Ippo's master when he was young and they, the him and his friend, when they were like younger, had such a thing a good for... Like the girl, you could write homoerotic subtext in there. Oh yeah, so you easy. could. I mean, I think of not. think of um, Sakamichi no Apollon. There's definitely yes. not meant to be any homoerotic subtext there, but you can see it. But but I think I think but can that, you taste it? Obviously, I think the thing Kimiko is saying is that technically anything could be Fujoshi bait if you try hard enough. <laughs> there was actually a class that I took in college that was about uh, about Fujoshi bait. No, it was about homoerotic subtext oh. and how it's all uh, homoerotic subtext is a mentality. It is not an intention. Yes. So obviously, homoerotic subtext, if intended um, and not played out, uh, yeah. ends up being. Um, uh, Oh my God! There's a word for it, and for some reason, my mind has only come up clickbait. If in but queerbait, queerbait. Thank you. Um, it's basically a way to imply a nod to the LGBTQ community, but not actually play on it, not actually bring yeah. it to fruition. So you're not damaging the uh, major demographic. Of, yeah. yeah. So like queerbait and homoerotic subtext are two entirely different things. You yeah. know, like. The, you can literally just, and the, I remember the teacher saying, put on the gay glasses and you can see it anywhere. You can, <laughs> it's, it's how like you look up on uh, fan, fiction, fan fiction websites, any character pairing, yeah. and it exists. So, so if but you write it, they will come. I, I, <laughs> I do have to agree kind of like what, yes, even something like Hajime no Ippo, you could make, you know, you could put on the gay glasses, as yeah. you were saying, to quote your teacher. Um, and... And make that work, and make it work. But um, work it, girl. But I do agree that Hajime no Ippo. I think the other thing for me that defines an anime as Fujoshi bait is that it's usually very pretty. Yes, and and Hajime no Ippo is not pretty in the sense of Fujoshi bait. Pretty. Yeah. The other thing, another show that I think of um, that someone mentioned in the chat was Ashita no Joe. 
which is so old. It, it predates <laughs> it, it predates the Fujoshi. It, it it's it's very old. It's the same kind of thing though, where the characters aren't super pretty. It's basically if Kuroko no Basuke was not Fujoshi bait. Okay, got yeah, it. that's basically. Th- oh, which it definitely is. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. How about sure. how about Cross Game? Remember Cross Game from from days gone by? That's actually a that's actually like a romance between a boy and a, a young boy and a young girl. So it's kind of hard to Fujoshi something that's like clearly side characters. A, clearly a yeah. But I don't recall there being that many important side characters. Doesn't in cross matter game. if there are two male characters. <laughs> you should watch Cross Which Game with Kimiko. Yeah. It's really, really good. Like maybe I'll check it out. Like, like really good. Uh, baseball. Let me just say it's like really good. Is it baseball? Yes. Okay, cool. It's really good. I like um, baseball. But that's that's kind of one thing that always makes me sad is Fujoshi like Fujoshi bait homoerotic subtext. It's always male characters. It's never female characters. Well, like, unless unless you go Keijo. <laughs> Very true. Dang. Very true. I would write that fanfic. Uh, All right. So what next? So our next our next uh, unusual genre, genre is children operating heavy machinery. <laughs> and I, I actually I have one that I think is a an underappreciated show. It's not amazing, but I think it's underappreciated. And it was novel when it came out. Ride back. I don't. I totally forgot about that. Show, that. that yeah, show completely. Like I feel like a lot of people forget that it ever existed. But basically, the story of Rideback, and this is why I'm saying it, the execution left some things to be desired. There's some wonky CG. I'm not saying it's the most amazing thing ever, but the main character of Rideback mm-hmm. was a Just like ba- pre- prima donna ballerina yeah, yeah. for the Ooh. Tokyo Ballet Company, and okay. there was an earthquake or something, and she was in the middle of a performance and complete like twisted her ankle and was there an earthquake i just thought she it? i thought i just thought she well it doesn't matter how she hurt it herself, doesn't really. either way she hurt herself and she couldn't dance anymore oh man and so there are these mecca called the ridebacks which are like i don't know it's like half mecca like you ride on top of them mm-hmm. and she ends up being incredibly talented at them because of her sensibilities in As ballet. a dancer, is this how I recall? Huh. They're motorcycles that transform into basically mechs. Yeah, I think so. They're like I'll, they're, throw, a, I'll throw a photo up here. Real quick. Yeah, they're mo- they're motorcycles that basically transform into like these mechy things with arms and their wheels and whatnot. But but she was essentially really good at piloting the ride back because she had the balance of a dancer ah. and like the you know agility of a dancer and whatnot. And so That's cool. yeah, so so. I mean, Again, it wasn't a great anime, but I think the ending was kind of a letdown, if I recall. I now children also is is depends on how you define children because I want to say she was like sixteen, seventeen in the yeah, show. Yeah, I think she was a high schooler. Yeah, yeah, but but still, you got you got someone younger operating heavy machinery, so I'm gonna count it. Um, so uh, do giant guns count? Sure, why not? The only thing that came why to not? mind was Gunslinger Girl. Oh uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count that. No. I'm thinking like Not more like enough. girls on Panzer. Yeah, like that. That's a good one. Yeah, Panzer? people love that anime. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I didn't. I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was fun. But I mean, there's like a bunch of movies. I mean, it's very popular. Yeah, that was a money maker. That was a money maker. That's and okay. it's it's basically again for anyone who doesn't know, girls on Panzer is about there's a sport about operating tanks, <laughs> and so there's a team girls of, only. There's a team of cute girls who fights other teams of cute girls in tank battles. Noise. I recall that that had some... Every time I go to Japan, without fail, I see someone 
playing a video game of Girls and Panzer or watching an anime of Girls and Panzer on the train at least once without fail every time. Yeah. It's it's like this cash cow that just keeps on proliferating. I, I don't know. People just can't get enough of girls on tanks. What else can I say about that? And then, of course, you have the entire Gundam franchise. I was going to say Evangelion. Yes. I don't want to pilot the mech. <laughs> I actually think that I, I think that when I wrote this topic, this this idea down, I think I actually meant to say um, op, heavy heavy machinery being operated not by children. Oh, that is harder. It's a lot harder than well. Than then the other. ride back would work, right? Well, she's kind or, of in the middle, uh, right? Depends on again. It depends on if you see her as if you see sixteen as a child, sixteen seventeen as a child or not. I think by real life standards, mm. she's a child, but by anime standards, she's, she's an, adult. an adult for sure. Yeah. So, oh man, now we're thinking. Now we're thinking of 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 large machines. Not what are you doing? I can't think of anything. <laughs> I'm trying to. Um... So in <laughs> Full Metal Panic, in Full Metal Panic, he's a, a soldier, basically. But he's high school. sixteen. Yeah, but is that is that a child or an adult? But see, that's the thing. It's like I mean, he looks like an adult in the anime. Well, he's firing guns. He's like breaking people's arms true, and stuff. But what about what about uh, Bubblegum Crisis? I don't remember that. They're definitely not children in Bubblegum yeah. Crisis, and they're they're powered suits. I guess that's machinery. I would say that's heavy machinery. If you took the suit off and powered it down, it would be heavy and oh, machines. Oh, that's true. What about uh, what about Attack on Titan? Levi, Levi's an adult, right? Or what, Levy? What how kind you, of what's it, how do you Levi? say his name? Levi. How, are you talking about the, the 3D maneuver gear? Yeah, that stuff counts, right? That's heavy machinery. I guess it does. Maybe. I mean, that we would make, stretch it. By adding, <laughs> by, by adding Attack on Titan to, the, to this category, you made someone happy, I'm sure. Yeah. What oh! about... Sorry, go ahead. Rossifon. Uh, I've never seen it. Um, he's basically like 16 also. Yeah. We, we really got to decide if 16 is, is, <laughs> is, is legit or not. Gargantia. Of the Verduris planet? Yeah. Aren't they like sixteen? Yeah, he's are, an alien. Are, he's like he's not even from Earth. I don't know. No, how he old. was well. I mean, like distant human, but second half of Gurren Logon. <laughs> second half. You mean after once his face grows up? Yes, when everyone grows up to become sixteen years old. To yeah. become sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> Wait, how old are they in Code Geass? Uh, it's like. High um, school still. 17. They're 17. Oh, man. I think initial oh, D, I think initial D, the whole, the whole <gasps> of initial D can be rolled Wait. in here because none of those, none of the characters in initial D are children. They're all post high school and they're racing automobiles. So that, yeah, so I, that's, that's I, about I'll, as. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's heavy machinery. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Did you have a good idea, Chucky? I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look up how old this, this oh, the chat's character the, the is. Oh, Tiger and Bunny and the big oh. O. Oh, Tiger and Bunny. Yes. Good, yeah, good, good solid, suggestions. Solid, solid, guys. Oh my God. So I thought of Van from, from Escaflone thinking he too would be in like that 17, 18 range. He's canonically 15. <laughs> <laughs> my mind is blown right how, now. But how old is uh, Alan Shazar? Oh. Oh, uh, let me see if I can the look it up. Blonde guy. Yeah, no, I. Please. He's blonde, Chucky. You're blonde. You should please. know this. Mitsugi, I don't know all blonde people. You don't? You mean all blonde people don't know each other? I thought they were all, all... gay people know each other. I thought, I thought all really. Yeah, you know, I... once a month we have a meeting with Ellen DeGeneres at her house. Are all gay people and all blonde people connect... she... connected by a psychic network? Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, Ellen DeGeneres is blonde. Well, we we keep trying to set up the blonde network, but it's real hard. We just, <laughs> <laughs> we just broke Kimiko. 
real hard. <laughs> it's it's real hard. Like, come on, guys. Um, With the hair so, twirl. <laughs> Alan, Alan Shazar is 21. He is okay. a bona fide adult. Wow, Hooray! he's like, whoa, how old is Hitomi? Um, he's straight what? up pedophiling Potomi, Hitomi in that anime. Uh-oh. Hold on, let me find out from well, the yeah, because he told me he, he told me he has got She is be- 15 as well. Oh, no. He's a... He's a oh, well, snap. In, 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 in the he anime never, world, I can't... He never responds to her advances, though, does he? He, he doesn't advance. She doesn't advance on him. He advances on her. Really? Hardcore. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, man. And she advances on everybody because she's a hoe. <laughs> in that oh. anime. <laughs> Oh, I have a good one. Okay. Wait, wait, wait a second. You're not supposed to like slut shame, right? That's the thing, right? Uh, I mean, no. I don't you're think not. it counts. Go for if it, Hitomi. Get on it. Okay. See, there we go. Good job, Mitsugi. Get at it. Safe, saying consensual. Uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah. Oh, Spaceships. there you go. That's true. There is a child, but they don't operate heavy machinery. That's true. And no, they they just operate tech machinery. And yeah, the dog. Little remote control dog. aircraft. And a dog. <laughs> but everybody else on that show is yeah. definitely an adult. No, that's a that's a good one. That for sure counts. Let's move on from this one so okay. we can do a couple more. Anime with dragons. Bahamut. Chingakino Bahamut. Good one. That's this is a little harder than you might think though. I that that one that one immediately came to mind and I really like that show. Fantasy has really s- s- become non existent. <laughs> so you really gotta dig Escaflone. Kobayashi if, no made dragon. Sorry. It's not a real dragon, though. I don't, do, are there Escaflone any real dragons in Escaflone? Well, the Escaflone well, trans- can transform, transform into, into a dragon. Oh, shape. I thought we were so doing it depends like, on dragon it. dragons. It depends on if you count it or not. Yo, wait, well, I'm, I'm stupid. Um, What's this? Vaughn kills a dragon in the first episode. Oh, yeah. That's how they power the Escaflone. They take the dragon's heart out, put yeah. it in Escaflone. Oh, okay. It's a really good show. Um, Kobayashi no made dragon. Oh God! I love well, that well, show. Well, there it is. Blue Kobayashi is so gay, and I love her. Well, there it is. It's not as easy as you'd think, though. Blue Dragon. Blue Dragon. Yu-Gi-Oh. The video game Blue Dragon. The anime that was made after the video game. Oh, that can't be very good. I guess that's not the point here. What did you say? Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, yeah. I summoned the blue eyes white dragon. That's all they ever did in the oh, and Exodia. I summoned the Ex- red eyes black dragon. <laughs> Brooklyn Rage. The Dark Magician Girl. Immediately back into Brooklyn Rage. Brooklyn Rage. Dark Magician Girl is so hot. Yeah, she she yeah. was she was pretty hot. There's a lot of porn of Dark Magician Girl on the web. A Black lot of it. Red Dragon. I'm the underdog. I love how you're just like I'm talking normally. I'm talking normally. Like, Brooklyn Rage. Oh, there's a That's dragon. That's a flashback to episode 14, I yeah, think. Yeah, for those of you who Way have been there, listening. My guilty pleasure anime, Yu-Gi-Oh. There's numerous dragons in Dragon Ball. Oh, yeah. That's fair. That's the fair. The dragon itself. The dragon Ball series in general, no? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Um, what's that portal one? The the one with the portal and the SDF force that goes Gate. in- Gate. Gate. Did that have any oh, dragons? Oh, yeah. The fire dragon that was barbecuing yeah, yeah, yeah. the cities, which is, what, which is what Daenerys should have done to that enemy ship, ship fleet. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's not go back into that. What about Spirited Away? Yes, Haku. Haku. Oh yeah, he's a water dragon. I would definitely put that. I think that's probably the best. Like probably <laughs> yeah. the best he's one. W- he's kind of wussy, but I mean. Yeah. Oh come now. What? No, I would definitely not for him. Sorry. Come on, what? man. Well, you shouldn't use terminology terminology like that. You should get your mind out of the gutter. Impossible. I know. All right. Um, what about? I'm surprised we're having such an easy time with this. That's we just rattled off like ten orphan. Which is one of Chiaki's favorites. Oh yes, Somehow I love she forgot that about show. That. Ozzy. 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 Um, Cross Ange. Ugh. 
<laughs> the chat has record some... of Lotus War back in the day. I don't. Did they have a dragon? I thought. I thought I they remember. fought a dragon at I one point. Remember. It's basically Dungeons and Dragons. I I have I'm to sure, believe. Surely a dragon would come. How about the, there was a dragon? How about the hentai dragon pink? With the, <laughs> with, 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 the, the, with the dodo cobra. Oh, God. Oh, that's where dildo cobra came from? Yeah. Oh, man. Do you remember watching that at your house? <laughs> I do. That was like the second hentai episode we ever did. God. God. Years that was, ago. We were so young. We were so young. So young. Years ago. So wow. disturbed. All right, next one is anime about food. So, so could Geki no Soma. Yeah. Be. Although, I have to say, one of the other ones that I really enjoyed about food is uh, Bento. I liked Bento. I thought Bento was, was a ton fun. of fun. It was really fun. I remember watching the first two episodes of Bento in college um, when I became, or was it when I was anime pre- like president of the anime club or when Hatake was president of the anime club? We've all been president of the damn anime we club have. at some point. <laughs> but I remember, because um, we had started a new formula of doing the first two episodes of a, of a show every um, every oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. meeting or whatever instead of trying to get through an entire anime in a semester so that we could like see the first two episodes and kind of like an impression yeah. and um, try a whole bunch of them throughout the semester. Did you still order Domino's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like that was like half the point. Um, and I remember use, like we would take turns using our R card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would. Uh, uh, so we watched the first two episodes of Bento and everyone loved it. Like, normally we would have, like, a split divide, but everyone thought it was just so funny and just so fun to watch. And I'm inclined to agree. Um, so just to reiterate the fact that this can go in almost any category, it seems like today, Spirited Away. I was going to say, can we just put in every single uh, Ghibli movie? Because, like, yes. think about it. Uh, you can actually take almost any movie that, or almost any Miyazaki film specifically, and pinpoint at least one really nice scene to do with food. Yeah. Um, even Ponyo, when she's like making the the hot cocoa and everything. Um, what's another really good one? Uh, oh my gosh, like I can picture the making of the food in certain yeah, there's, movies. Yeah, there's, there's an incredible amount of detail paid yeah. To the food. Oh gosh, House Moving Castle when he's making the eggs and bacon. Yes, with oh, Calcifer. So good. Or, I mean, hell, we could even do um, Makoto Shinkai. Um, pretty much all of his movies have a really nice, like, food moment. Um, even Your Name, having all of the food from, uh, from the cafe love, that the dude works at. I love me some bacon. Speaking of so, that, bye. <laughs> another another one goes to get his bacon. that I don't remember if you watched this, but if you didn't, you really should because you'd love it. Um, related to unexpected anime about food is Ama to Inazuma, which is Thunder Thunder and Sweetness, I think. I is have not translate. seen that one. Um, so basically, you will love this anime, Kimiko. You really do need to watch it. Really? Here's It, it is as good as it sounds. The synopsis is a... Um, a f- a father is car- a father or a man loses his wife okay and he now has to raise their daughter on his own and he's a teacher and he's trying to make it work and he's trying to be a good father to his daughter um but he doesn't know how to cook Aww. and so ever since the mother died all they've been eating is like store bought bentos and whatnot cuz she was the one who who cooked for the family mm-hmm. and one night his his daughter is like, can we 
can can we eat out somewhere? And it becomes his mission in this really sweet scene that he just wants to find a home-cooked meal for his daughter. And so, like, the places he goes to, it's, like, later, and they're closed and whatever, and um, it eventually leads him to a restaurant run by the mother of one of his students at his school. Yeah. And the mother, who's actually really good at cooking, isn't there. Oh, no! Um, And Kotori, because she's such a big chef that she's often, like, out, you find this later, out doing news and whatnot, but Kotori is often alone, because her parents are divorced and therefore, you know, neither of them are around. Yeah. And she doesn't really know how to cook either. And the entire show becomes them learning how to cook together oh. and how food brings people and families together in like oh. the most wholesome way. Oh. Like, like it's like food board and feel good all together. And it's like no. they start out the, the first episode is like Kotori like spends like two hours trying to make the most perfect bowl of rice and when it's finally done she's like all proud and it's just a bowl of rice like there's nothing else but rice in it and that is my jam man I'm telling you you will love you will love this show it's so feel good um yeah it's so feel good so when did it come out it came out not too long ago right it came out in um I'm trying. I'm trying to find the anime. I just. I just found the manga. It looks like, and I don't know why I didn't. Sweetness pull up. and lightning. Sweetness and lightning. Did I say sweetness and thunder? Sweetness or, and lightning. No, lightning and sweetness. I think. But. Yeah, but um, it came out uh, July of 2016. So okay, so then it's probably uh, and it's only 12 episodes. So it's done. It's short. It's sweet. I I don't remember exactly what we gave it. I think we gave it a pretty good score, but it's it's hella heartwarming. I want to watch it. Yes, I and want to watch it so bad. I think we should go to the news break. Oh, okay. Well, we are going to take <laughs> another news break, and when we come back, we are going to have impressions on Princess Principal, Cleone no Akari, Gamers, Koi to Uso, and Hitorijime, My Hero, as well as Isekai Shokudo. It's only because we have six impressions. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's We're going to get through it. All right, yeah, guys. Yeah. See you in a minute. Bye. Hey all you anime addicts, Mitsugi's back, and so is the anime news. Getting us started off, Token Nanbu is getting a fourth stage play this coming December. Japan sure does love to release these stage play based on anime, I'll tell you that. The new stage play is going to focus on the Yaman Bagiri Kun- Kunihiro and Keshikiri Kasebe set in the time before Mikazuki Munechika appeared around when Honmaru was completed. So for the, I have no idea what that means, but for those of you that are fans of the series, I'm hoping you do. The cast does include some pretty prolific names in the stage play arena, including Yoshihiko Amaraki. The play is going to be set in Tokyo, Osaka, and Fukuoka. So for those of you that are in the area of Tokyo, Osaka, or Fukuoka, some of the largest cities in Japan, in, in December, you'll be able to watch this stage play. So for those of you that want to that want to get in on that, you might want to get some tickets. You can probably get them at the Lawson Lopi machine. That's probably one of the best places to get the tickets, so you can try there. Next up, Persona is back in the second news break. 
Atlas has revealed a, another pile of video games that are spin-offs of the Persona mainline video game franchise, including Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight, Persona 5 Dancing Star Knight, that this happened at an event over at Yokohama Arena this past Wednesday, and also they announced Persona Q2. The dancing games are going to be coming out on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita in the spring of 2018, so that's not all that far away. For those of you that are big fans of Persona, the Persona fandom will never die. It looks like these games are going to be coming out very rapidly, probably all the way until Persona 6 comes out. So you have some good things to look forward to in the dancing game and RPG spinoff scene for the Persona franchise. Next up, Bandai Namco has revealed a Kamen Rider City Wars smartphone game. The game is titled Kamen Rider City Wars, and they announced this this past Friday. It's going to, they released some promotional trailers for the game, which I watched, that didn't reveal really anything about the game in general. They are, there is also a website for the game that is going to be running pre-registration campaigns that will include special rewards for those of you that want to play the game the day that it comes out. The more people that register and play the game day one, the more rewards that, that the original players will receive. Rewards include things like Hero Stones and a Den Rider Kick Move Card. Hero Stones sound like a pay-to-play type of uh, system, but we'll have to see when the game comes out by Namco Bandai Entertainment later on this year. Lastly, Boongo Stray Dogs is getting a stage play. So the, the website for Boongo Stray Dogs anime revealed that a stage play uh, is going to be coming. The visual shows some of the cast of the stage play that are playing characters Atsushi Nakajima, Osamu Daizai, Dazai, and Dopo Kunikida, respectively. The play is going to be running at the KAAT Kanagawa Arts Theater in Yokohama from December 22nd to, the, to December 24th and at the Mironi Miya Piloti Hall in Osaka on January 12th through the 13th and also at a theater in Tokyo from the 31st of January until the 4th of February. So you have lots of opportunities to watch this stage play in Japan and I recommend that if you're a fan of Bungo Stray Dogs, the tickets are probably fairly inexpensive so you should check it out this winter. This is Mitsugi and this was your anime news break. Now I think we should get back to the podcast. Hey, Mitsugi, remember that one time when Kimiko sat on my lap for, like, the whole after party? How can I forget? Or that time when you were super hungover from partying in Tokyo? Hey, now. We get up to some crazy things on the after parties sometimes, don't we? For sure. And if anybody listening wants to get in on the fun, they can do so by subscribing to our $3 support tier and getting access to our bi-weekly after parties. Just go to aaapodcast.com forward slash join and select the $3 tier. Set up your membership if you don't already have one from the forums. As soon as you're done, you'll be enjoying our full backlog of after parties and have access to every time we release a new one. Don't miss another moment of the crazy. Head to aaapodcast.com forward slash join. This podcast is and we are back to our third and final segment of the podcast. 
Today we have a slew of impressions, but before a we slew. get into them, I think we have a five-star review here, and who wants to read it? I'll do it because it's very laborious. Okay. Get at it. Matt Rocks 22 writes, this is the funniest anime podcast by far, and he spelled by B-U-Y. I love it. He's trying to secretly tell you to buy memberships to listen to our other... Subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. subscribe. Subliminal messaging. Yeah. So if you want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we will read it on the podcast. So help us continue to be the highest rated and most frequently rated anime podcast in the world. Thank you very much. I love I you all. We're in the world, but sure. All right. So we have six reviews here. I have three of them, I believe. You both have three of them. We both have three of them. Yep. Okay. You don't have so, any? No, I've done most of mine already. I need okay. to save them. So then we're just going to go back and forth, right? Yeah. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Do you want me to start? Sure. All right. So the first show that I'm going to be doing an impression on is a show called Princess Principal. And this show is one of those shows that was on the cusp for me when I was picking shows. Um, but there were some things that that I liked about it and some things that intrigued me in the PV. And those things carried over to the show. So congratulations, anime. You did not PV me. You delivered on exactly what I thought I was getting into, which is cute, small girls performing dangerous tasks yes. as spy agents. It's basically like if you take Gunslinger Girl with you know, modern animation kind of sensibilities, sequences, capabilities, and a heavy dose of steampunk and set it in London, an, uh, an alternate futuristic steampunk London rather than a question mark city in like Italy or something. Mm -hmm. That's this show. Okay. Like that's kind of what, you know, Princess Principle comes down to. So it's it's during the 19th century it does, as I said, take place in London, which is part of the fictional kingdom of Albion. And there is a wall that divides East and West London, um, which, you know, the East and West of this kingdom. And it, it it's a little... There's definitely nods to different elements of European history here. Like, there's definitely a character that I was watching it with a friend and... More like they were they were present when I had it on, and they saw one character and were like, "Uh, that a Nazi?" <laughs> so, so it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not literally got or, a problem. Or, or, or he was like, he was like Nazi or Soviet. I'm not sure what they're drawing from here, and that's kind of like how the whole show sort of reads in the sense of it's like you have all of these different things where. It's clearly the anime, you know, the wall. It's hard not to think of the Berlin Wall when it's, you know, dividing east and west of a city in Europe. It is a very famous wall. I'll say that. It is. It is right. a very, a very famous, a very famous wall. Um, and and you have, you know, you have references like the Duke of Earl. <laughs> not, not the Duke of Earl. Earl. Earl of Sandwich. Not the Duke of the Earl of Sandwich. Um. But the the what? Duke of I'm hungry. I think it's the Duke of Nottingham. Wow. I. He's like <laughs> shut the f up. I I really I really don't know if um I'm gonna get here. Uh the the Duke of Normandy. 
okay. you know, like they're, they're just references to other places and things, but it's definitely a fictionalized. It definitely feels like a lot of the references were just for cool thematic consistency mm-hmm. and not to actually be any kind of serious allegories to anything that, you know, is going on in real life World War Two or, you know, European history or whatnot. So, um, so yeah, so Princess Principal takes place in this alternate universe, um, alternate London, and basically all the girls are spies. Cool. And they complete spy tasks. Cool. For the government. And one of the girls is an actual princess, which is where you get princess principal in the title. And um she she wants she wants to be the queen. And to quote a, a portion of the anime, it's a I want to be the queen. You're the fourth in line. Can't you help me fix that? Like, <laughs> like there's literally like there are some moments in this show where it gets downright savage like and and it's one of those it's almost like this show lures you into being like i'm watching an anime here are cute girls doing like crazy feats of like different things but then at the same time there's that moment of you know here's the princess and she's the super sweet character and then she's like but i just want to be queen but you're fourth in line to the throne can't you help me fix that (laughs) don't you have the skills to sort that out like, like damn. and then it's just like, oh, damn. Um, or in the first episode, there is a, a, a scene where the assassins are, um, where the assassins are, you know, con- conducting their work. Mm-hmm. And one of the assassin characters is in a hallway, mm-hmm. grabs a guy uses his, him as like a human meat shield and against like three other people who have their guns on him, you know, has a sword to him and whatnot. And of course, again, it's it's the cliche thing like it's an anime girl who looks like the the sword samurai girl. Like yeah. that's what it is. And then she's like, you know, I like I'm going to get through here and, you know, if you shoot, you're going to kill him. And then they open fire. Yes. And it shows like his bullet riddled body. Like, so it's just like, it's these moments. It's these moments in the first episode, even where you're just like, I'm watching a normal anime full of tropes with little girls doing, oh my God, that is savage. (laughs) Um, And so, and so there is, there is a little bit of, it's interesting because there's almost an instinct to, shoot down the show for like thematic inconsistencies because it does have all of these various tropes that can easily come across as you know we have all of the we have all of our girls and they're all deadly assassin spy creatures who are like navigated by secret government organizations for their own gains and whatnot but they just happen to go to school together. But I will say this, they don't they haven't spent much time on the whole we go to school together shtick. Yeah. Like and I appreciate that. It's definitely like a there's a foundation well, here, but most of it has happened outside the school. Right. Like it's almost like a we're just establishing a cover for them. Um, and, and the ridiculousness plays in well for the world where it's like there's there's steampunky magic type stuff going on. Overall, the first episode really hooked me. 
Um, and like, like in the end, there's this whole thing of one of the spies and another character, and I'm not going to say what's going on, but, but the character is basically like, you know, so you just lie for a living. You know, all you do is lie. Everything you said is, it has been lies. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, so are you going to kill me now? And she goes, no. And then she shoots him in the face. <laughs> like... Like that kind of level of savagery in like okay. this beautiful shot silhouetted with like London in the background and them in the foreground. Okay, like I'm, I'm in on this. I I am, I am for this right here right now. Yeah. So so overall, like I definitely think this is one of those shows where they're doing really cool things with it. The action scenes are tight. They're not afraid to quote unquote go there, and. It honestly, it has that gunslinger girl feel to me where it's like the, we know it's anime. We know it's going to sell if we fit cute, tiny girls into some tropes. But don't let that dissuade you because it's not a high school show. It's not a, you know, mystery show. It is a, or is the, not mystery. It's not like a, you know, just blood and guts and gore. It's setting itself up in a world. And, and I'm... You know, I'm going, I'm going to pass this one. Yay. I don't think I've ever been this excited. You're excited. Feel these nipples. The only thing I will say is speaking of queer baiting, there is a total, I think, cannot, like I'm starting to see a canonical relationship between two characters, uh, two of the female assassins. Yeah. And I really want that to be a thing. Ooh, I hope it is. It so. very rarely is, but I hope it is. Yeah. So the first one that I'm going to do uh, an impression on, which I, I can already kind of, I, I feel like I might be uh, eaten alive on this, but we'll see, uh, is Isekai Shokudo. Um, and I actually kind of like the My Anime List synopsis, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, like, I don't always do that anyway. So... At the bottom floor of the building with a dog signboard is the shopping district near the office street, and therein lies a cafeteria called Yoshoku no Nekoya, uh, and it has an illustration of a cat on the door. It's been open for 50 years and has satisfied various salarymen from nearby offices. Despite it being called a Western cuisine cafeteria, it also provides other varieties for menus. For the people of this certain world, it's their one and only special cafeteria. There is, however, one secret to Nekoya. The cafeteria is closed to the public every Saturday in order to make way for special guests. When a bell rings, customers from different places of birth and races appear who ask for mysterious and delicious dishes. They are actually the same dishes served to the salarymen, but these special guests find them to be more exotic than what they are used to. Oh, this one. Yep. As the cafeteria aims to serve masterpieces, it is usually referred to as isekai shokudo. So, long story short, this is basically about a restaurant that on Saturdays, uh, like after a certain time, it opens up kind of between worlds and these people from different worlds can come in and they're basically eating standard Japanese fare. Um, but to them, it's something completely new and unusual and super exotic. And um, are they cats? Because it has Nikoya. Says- well, the, that's just like the sign on the door. Um, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Within the first five minutes of the first episode, I was bored. Oh, no. Like, I was watching the show, and I'm trying desperately to just get into it, but I almost lost interest instantly. I liked the concept. I really wanted to see where it went. Uh, I like how they kind of break up each episode into two 
you know, separate. It's almost like mini-sodes. Um, though after the second episode, that started to get like like almost too much happened. It almost felt too like if you took a monster of the week and then just made two monsters of the week in one episode kind of mm. thing like they felt like they had no connection and I get what they were trying to do the connection to all of these little mini stories the connection to all of these characters that you're being introduced to is the restaurant and is the chef and and their kind of combined uh their their combined love for this food and for his restaurant and everything but like I just I felt like there was no plot to it I felt like there there wasn't really enough drawing me to the characters, to the situation, to the chef himself. I just, I, I'm I'm not going to lie, I, I just couldn't find myself interested enough to even really pay attention. Mm. Like, I watched the first five minutes um, with a, a whole bunch of characters kind of arguing over what food went best with rice and, like, getting uh, really into every it. Every food. Well, they were like, the curry with the rice. Like that, it, it has sure. it. Curry rice it actually has rice in the name, and somebody being like, "No, um, kotatsu or katsudon is the best thing that goes with rice. For you cannot have katsudon without rice in it." And like, I'm just watching this, going, "What is this? <laughs> like, where is where is the plot? Where is the where? And where is the anything? Where is the anything? And I know a lot of people really liked this show because it's got like a seven and a half on my anime list. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to like it. I was bored as hell, man. Everything on my anime list has a, has a seven and a half. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But I just couldn't get into it. I, I wanted to, but I couldn't. I actually saw a lot of potential for the concept, but I guess I was hoping for a little bit more plot. Would you like a really harsh fail drop or a sort of just mild fail drop? Let's give it a mild. No, no, no. Let's make it harsh. Did they live happily ever after? Of course, Elizabeth. What a pile of shit. There you go. <laughs> All right. The next anime I am going to give an impression on, and I will make this quick so that we don't go too far over time, is Cleone no Akari. And I will, too, read off of my guys, anime list for time. synopsis. Yeah, I blazed through that there impression because I had nothing to say. I will make this short. She's like, for God's sake, shut up. For time. <laughs> The story centers around an illness-stricken, constantly bullied orphan girl named Minori. After one rainy day, she doesn't turn up at school, having been admitted into a hospital in a distant town. Two months pass, and the girl's two school friends, Takashi and Kyoko, receive a mysterious email with no sender listed. The email reveals a summer festival taking place at a nearby town. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, what, dot, dot, you say? What happens after those ellipses? What does dot, dot, dot mean? I don't know. I don't care. Pregnant pause. She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. This anime was done by Studio Drop. Studio Drop also gave us anime such as, and I'm trying, I'm trying to look this up on my anime list. Nothing else. And so, <laughs> and so, such brilliant titles as literally nothing. And so, I am going to say that Studio Drop is a studio put together by a senior in college who thought they wanted to make an anime. And if so, this anime is fantastic. <laughs> 
And I'm not dissing seniors in college. I'm just saying it looks like someone who did this while going to class full time still is kind of learning how to work that whole animation thing. Probably have like a part time job. Most of this, most of the music is like really way too soft and probably based off of some royalty free YouTube, you know, damn list. And um, what is this one? As I deleted from Cleone our document. Cleone no Akari. Goodbye. Um, and uh, <laughs> the the story was heavy handed at best. Um, like like I will say they do a really good job of making sure you know Minori's life sucks. Like there is there is no bright spot in this girl's world. Like Oof. it's real harsh. Um, and um, then she meets a man. Well, right, she she makes some friends. I because that would be how she, she she makes some friends, kind of. But their names are Mary Jane and alcoholism. Alcoholism. The, really, the best thing that I can say about this show is that the episodes are ten minutes long. Oh, fail. damn! <laughs> would you like a harsh fail drop or a sort of mild nice fail drop? What do you think? <laughs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. Yes. <laughs> yes, you Accurate. are. You know what? I should, I should just put the drops from Mr. Wonderful in there. That We never use those as fail drops, but they work really well. They're really brutal. Yeah. I oh, like yeah. It. Okay, next. All right. Uh, I'm going to be doing an impression on Koi to Uso, also known as Love and Lies. Mm. Once again, a synopsis is about to be read. <laughs> is that synopsis from my anime list? It is indeed. Lies are forbidden, and love is doubly forbidden. (gasps) In the near future, when young people in Japan turn 16, they are assigned a marriage partner by the government. As they damn well should be. People don't have to go through the trouble of looking for someone, and everyone accepts that the country will find a compatible partner to make them happy. Yukari Nejima is 15 years old. He lives in a small corner of the country and just can't seem to get ahead in life. Mm. Both academically and athletically, he's below average. But within him, he hides a heart burning with passion. In this world in which love is forbidden, what will happen to him when he falls in love? That's like literally something Japan should be doing. No, because, and see, because they are screwed. Straight up, that is why I chose this anime. Like, this is why I picked it and put it so high up on my list when we were doing our initial picks. Yeah. Was because the concept is literally birth rate real low, guys. We're going to initiate these things. I think they call them the, the yukai laws or something. We're going to initiate this law, a marriage law, that requires you to be paired at 16. Um, you can no longer have any sort of physical relationships with anyone else once you were paired, and you are man- you uh, are obligated and mandatorily have to get married to this person and have kids. And after this law was passed in 1972, um, the birth rate normalized, and it was everything was fine. The suicide rate went way up, probably. Um, and so I think the fact that this anime comes out now. What is it like maybe a year after that statistic came out about women from 20 to 45 not wanting to get married, not wanting to have kids, staying virgins, like all of this stuff, this anime, and I'm sure that the manga has been out for a while, but it's very prevalent to a very current situation going on in Japan. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, this sounds like the sort of reaction Japan would have to that. Oh, oh, our birth rate's getting real low. All right, we'll just make it mandatory for people to get married and have kids. Yeah, if you couldn't figure this out on your own. We're going to help you. Yeah. Because we're cool like that, The guys. alternative is extinction. Basically. So, um, and 
what I really liked about it was what I really liked about it was not just looking at it from a very analytical, very logistic uh, and logical point of view of, you know, this is how the government handles it. Everybody just kind of goes with it because they don't know any better. Um, But also from the perspective of, I mean, these guys are kids. They're being assigned at 16 years old. And so our main character has been in love with this girl for five years, basically. He remembers the first time they had an interaction in elementary school. And he's basically been in love with her and knows what what love feels like. But his future with a woman is in the hands of the government completely. And... See, you know what I you know what I am surprised though? Like I feel like a law like this really should have it the whole point is just to make babies. Yeah. So I feel like it should be like a pick someone by sixteen or we will pick for you. Which would make more sense from a, you know, yeah. em- but it, but empathetic it point of view. Yeah. But Japan's not exactly the most empathetic. Also true. Um and so I really liked the idea of following not like somebody having to deal with it and just deal, but somebody having to deal with this aspect of government influence on his life while being in love. And not just being in love in general, but there's an interaction, and since this is in the first three episodes, I don't think it's much of a spoiler, but, well, it is kind of, but whatever. Um, Their interaction, um, when he finally confesses to this girl that he's in love with, is to find out that she's in love with him too. So That's convenient. Very much so. But like... They now have to deal with the fact that they are in love with each other, but the government won't allow them to be together, which is really cool because then we get this inside knowledge. Like it could go one of a multitude of ways. Either she decides the government is right and that it's more important to follow the rules and they no longer can be together and he has to wind up with the girl he's assigned, who obviously is not her. Um they could go off in a, a direction of they decide to um, be together in secret, blah, blah, blah. And we find out in the second episode that the girl that um, Yukari is assigned to doesn't actually really like the idea of the whole thing, uh, government being involved either. And so she, what, what the girl that he's assigned to marry actually likes is the idea of romance and love. And so we don't get this like love triangle situation like you kind of expect to. You get more along the lines of this girl being like, I want love to be real. I want love to exist. I'm going to help you guys. See, I, I actually think that that's really cool. It was unexpected. Yeah. I was expecting a kind of like Sundere character who's like, no, the government is right. You're my partner. And I'm, you know, we have to follow the rules or somebody who is going to make it complicated because then he starts falling in love with her, too. And then it's this big love triangle. And um, we kind of know that the the girl that he's in love with is hiding something. And um, I'm pretty She's sure- a man, baby. Probably not. I'm pretty sure that she's already gotten assigned somebody and she's just keeping it secret and telling everyone she hasn't been assigned yet. And so there's a lot going on. Um, but the the girl that he's assigned to marry is kind of like offering to help them keep it secret from the government and everything and so that she can kind of see love as love was meant to be before the government got involved. And I just thought it was very sweet. Um, and I think the concept has a lot of promise it could also totally crash and burn and get incredibly tropey and maybe actually become a, a love triangle of sorts. But I think out of everything that I've seen in my shows this, you know, this season, this one to me is the one that I was the most instantly 
uh, uh, enthralled by, intrigued by. I, th- I thought it had a lot of promise. And so I'm, I'm interested to see where the characters and the concept goes. I'm going to pass it. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah! Can you feel that, buddy? Huh? 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 I have exercised the demons. And then, and then you have a conversation about oxytocin, and it kind of takes all the fun out of it. Huh? Oh, well, love is just oxytocin built up in your brain. Oh. I thought yeah. it was serotonin. It's oxytocin, and that's why... I thought it was dopamine. Oxytocin's also responsible for heartbreak, because when you cause when you remove the source of the oxytocin, you you actually withdraw from it. Cool. Cool. I don't know. That's like Thanks chemistry science class. side of Tumblr. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you say? Science side of Tumblr? Science side of Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my last impression today is Gamers. Um, Gamers is an anime that is a little bit out of my wheelhouse, I will say. It's also the name of us of a chain in Japan where they sell video games. It is. Which is, might be what this is about. Well, and, 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 you know, there's definitely an homage there because the anime starts off with two of our main characters meeting in a video game store in Japan. Oh, I wonder if it's maybe Aww. sponsored by that company. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, so this one, this anime basically is... I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Kimiko just for consistency and conciseness and take the summary from my anime list. <laughs> Story revolves around certain students with one hobby. Okay, I already don't like it. It revolves around <laughs> a handful of students who go together who go to this high school together, and uh, all of these students love video games. And the protagonist is Amano Keita, and he. Uh, did you bail on the My Anime List summary? Yeah, I That's did. good, because I'm convinced that like half the people that write those are actually literate. <laughs> wow. Whoa! So, Going to the kitchen to get my non-asshole pills. <laughs> so, Amano Keita is kind of your standard, like, Japanese, um, I really like video games, and I am ostracized, and I don't know how to interact with people, and then literally the hottest girl in school, and there's this whole sequence about, like, her being introduced that's almost like a dating sim-esque, the way that it gets introduced. Um, Karen, she, she meets him in the game store and sees him picking out all these games, and awkward first meeting ensues and she's ultimately like so I made a club and I want you to be a part of it and she made her high school's gaming club oh cool and invites him to be a part of this club and so she takes him to the club and you know, we meet we meet the other people who are involved in there, and you have the guy who's really good at, at first person shooters, the girl who's really good at fighting games, and effectively, it it all comes down to the club president, her relationship, building you know out the club, and it's a, it's it's a rom com. It's a rom com about people who love video games, and that's exactly. That's exactly what this show is. And Gamers was one of those things that I was... I feel like the story is so formulaic. You can take everything I just said and boil it down to... Average high school boy, loves games, doesn't fit in, pretty girl in school, finds out she also loves games, is way more intense than he is, and, you know, rom-com. That's 
you know, you can boil it down to that. Right. But the execution was just so freaking good. <laughs> like, honestly, like, like there Don't you is. hate it when that happens? I know, right? Like, there's this moment involving, and, and, and I love, here's the other thing I love about it. So the cast of characters, you already know who's going to kind of be the cast of characters. Mm -hmm. It's not told from a single point of view in the sense that it's not you're not always following our protagonist boy. Sometimes you jump to what the other characters are doing. And it's I I feel like they're, they're getting they end up getting brought together in a very natural way where, you know, it's not just a, we need five members to complete our club. And then it's an episode devoted to finding each member. Like they already have the club established. They already mm-hmm. have a club room that's decked out with like money that decked out with stuff that they bought with money they won from video game tournaments and whatnot. Nice. Um, and you already are, have kind of been introduced to all the characters by, by, by jumping over into their other points of view. And so at one point you see this one guy and this one girl who are in a relationship together, their boyfriend and girlfriend already. Okay, okay. And she's like, she's like, you're so good at games. Win me this thing from the UFO game. And so he wins it first try, which is bullshit. If you have <laughs> ever been to a Japanese UFO crane game, I don't care who you are. You could be Loki, the god of mischief himself, and initiate chaos in the world, and you will not win the crane game on the first one. But my personal vendetta aside, um, <laughs> basically it's a thing where you know, he wins the stuffed animal that she wants and she takes it out. She takes it out and she literally has a moment and I lost it laughing and and it was one of those things that that if you if you know Japanese you will get the sexual layer out of it and and the translation was good the translation was fine I was watching it on Crunchyroll and whatnot but but effectively it was a scene that I don't know if you've ever seen Despicable Me but that moment when the girl gets a unicorn and goes it's so fluffy yeah it's that in anime form like, oh. like, it's just one of those things she was like yeah bye fua fua like I just it is the cutest Can you say that again? show. Yeah, bye, fua fua. Yeah, oh yeah, bye, fua fua. Yeah, yeah, okay, bye, yeah. fua fua. Um, and so like that large Japanese. It's 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 definitely one of those things where it wasn't. It didn't jump. It didn't jump out as you know your generic. We're gonna build a club, or our club is being disbanded. It literally is just a. I think you would enjoy being a part of our club and I'm getting it back off the ground. Like, you know what it sounds like to me? It almost sounds like take the anime where somebody is like, we need five people. Let's go find five people to make this club, blah, blah, blah. They get the five people. They start the club. And now they have to do the other thing next year. Yeah. Once the club is established, the thing we never see from a trope like that, I feel like that's where your anime starts. And, that, and, and that's, that's awesome. And that's exactly what I would say is like, and again, they are, she is She is saying that the, one of the reasons why she picked the school was that there used to be this great gaming club and it kind of dwindled through the years and she wants to build it back up. But there isn't like a, there's not that feeling of like a, I need to spend the first five episodes getting five new members or my club's going to be disbanded. Like, cheer boys. It is more of a, Hey, I think you'd really like my club. Come be a part of my club. And it's just, it's legitimately funny. It's legitimately adorable. All of the characters are that right amount of real, tropey, annoying, and endearing. Like, it has that kind of perfect blend. And, you know, I usually don't pass comedies, but I'm I'm hoping for another... 
and I'm blanking on the name. It was uh, the manga artist, manga artist, and um, oh, Nozaki Kun. Uh, Nozaki Kun. I'm I hoping, loved Nozaki Kun. I'm hoping for another Nozaki Kun oh. from this show with shades. Like, if you're into video games too, like the opening, the opening song is hilarious because it shows all of the characters, but in different video game styles. Like, <gasps> it shows them in like eight bit and fighter, and and it's just it's hilarious. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna pass this one. I'm excited. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, and boom goes the dynamite. We All have right. five impressions left and only one more pass. Just oh, throwing okay. that out there. Oh, I thought we were done with passes. No. Nope, one more. One more. Um, and my last impression for today is Hitorijime, my hero. Um, and I'll, I'll read the synopsis in a second, but first what I want to get out of the way on this one is uh, it's it's basically another boys love um, anime. Oh. It's like the Sekaiichi Hatsukois, uh, the Junjo Romanticas, super lovers even. Like, oh no. It's got the animation style. It's got the formula. It's got the... Shame. What? Shame. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, this isn't another... Well, it's not as... Shame. Shame. Has there been bare ass yet? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, it's a start. It's not as pedophilistic. It's not like that is that is not something you never want to use <laughs> as like a better than situation. Um, but like Sekaiichi Hatsukoi is <laughs> The children are happy that it's not oh, pedophilistic. Oh, <laughs> that is wrong on so many levels. Why would you do that? Oh. Anyway, um, give me a second. <laughs> Kimiko, Kimiko has been broken. <laughs> I bet you she's thinking. Why of, would you ruin that drop for me? Hey, 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 Kimiko! Just think of the yay being all those cute school children that we saw <laughs> on Mijima. <laughs> worst okay, uh, you're welcome uh, all right <clears throat> so um anyway basically this anime um is almost identical to me in style in formula in all of in in all of what you have come to expect i think from this particular i think it's the same animation studio same you know character concepts and everything um it even goes as far, I it it does do one thing different. It isn't as formulaic in the sense that every episode kind of focuses on the different relationships that take place. All of the relationship in this one, in this one and normally there's like three pairs. In this one, there are only the two different pairs and they are all related in some, like they all know each other in a way that isn't just kind of six degrees of separation. You've got the teacher, the student, the student's friend, and the friend who, or like the friend's friend who he had lost contact with by breaking ties accidentally when they were younger. So they're all kind of related. But that being said, it's still a paired off situation, teacher and student, two best friends, two high school friends that have reconnected. And so they, they did kind of go in a different direction than your normal. Number one, it's not all kind of people who are older, um, which I guess super lovers kind of ruined that too. Um, and two, it is 
following this one character who is a kind of submissive delinquent type who was the errand boy for this group of gangsters. Submissive delinquent. Like, he was a part of the delinquent group. He was a part of the gang. But he was the one who they would force to buy them food. He was the one that would run oh, errands like for the, them. He was like the ball boy. Yeah, basically. They called the him The nutsack holder. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but he just didn't really have anything. He didn't know what else to do with his life. And so the teacher who, in his spare time, would go and beat up the, you know, the gangs and stuff, kind of wanted to take care of him, wanted this kid to stop being involved with the delinquents and stuff. And so you kind of time jump a little bit in the first episode and you find out that the kid did separate himself from the gangsters and he's, you know, trying to be better. He's in contact with the teacher. And it's very obvious that those two are going to become a couple uh, later on down the line. And as as it is very obvious that the uh, two friends who had lost contact with each other and got back together in high school are going to, you know, become a couple down the line as well. And I mean, there could be something to be said about just the general kind of this is made for Fujoshi. This is made for the people who like boys love and Shonen Eye and everything. Uh, there is a little bit of a trigger warning to be you know, said for the people who don't like student teacher relationships. Like the, the teacher is very obviously, let's say in his 20s, this kid just started high school. So 14, maybe 15. I don't know what it is in Japan. Oh, yeah, so it's there. There's a little, like I said, it's not, you know, kids five years old adopted into the family uh, become like it's not super lovers. But yeah, but fourteen year old boy with, with teacher with still teacher. not, not is, much better. It is teacher to student, and the other couple is two students. Awesome. But, but um, I will table my rant about like twenty year old women teachers going to jail for thirty years for sleeping with eighteen year old high school students. Yes, table it. Put a pin in it. I'll table that because uh, yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, I. Uh, I will say I am probably going to watch it anyway because I do. I, you know, I, I do enjoy shows like this. I'm not as intrigued by this one as I was by like Sekaiichi Hatsukoi or Junjo Romantica. Those were like instantly I was really intrigued by the characters, really intrigued by the story. Uh, Sekaiichi Hatsukoi specifically, I was really uh, a big fan of the fact that it took place in the publishing industry, in the manga publishing industry specifically, that all of the characters were adults. I loved that. I thought it was great. Um, These sorts of anime do have a tendency to make mental and emotional and sometimes even physical abuse look like courting, which is bothersome. Um, So, but I, I am probably going to watch it regardless just because it's, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. That being said, I am not going to force it upon you guys. So I'm going <laughs> to fail it. Oh, I'm too old for this shit. Hopi, oh, I think I'm getting too old for this stuff. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Will you follow me again? I'm getting too old for this shit. All right. That rounds out our impressions. Just to quickly recap what we have passed and failed in this episode. We passed. You guys were betting on me? Yeah, they were having a discussion. (laughs) They're very concerned about Made in Abyss because that hasn't been impressed yet and it's supposed to be really good. Also, Awadi Monogatari has not been impressed yet, which means one of those must fail, which means that I assume whichever one does not fail will be the listener choice. But that's aside. But in this episode, we passed Princess Principal and Gamers from me and from Kimiko. We passed. Nothing. Nothing. 
So that means those that fail were Cleone no Akari, Koito Uso, Hitori Jime, my hero, and Isekai Shokudo. I'm proud of you, Kimiko. Thanks. Yeah. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. If you want to submit a mailbag, you can go to aaapodcast.com and click on the mailbag button. And it'll come right to us. That's right. It'll go right to Chiaki's button. First one. I'll read it. read it. Yeah, yeah, you read it. Viva La JD writes, hey guys, who do you think can beat One Punch Man and why can they do it? I have an idea. Madoka from Puella Magi Madoka Magica because she is a god who can rewrite the universe. I actually have one as well. Mm-hmm. I think Midoriya, Izuku Midoriya from um, My Hero Academy could totally beat him. Okay. Well, they both pretty much have the same power. If Midoriya learned to to like channel and actually control 100% of one for all, they'd pretty much be almost identical in terms of strength. I just drop my pants and he <laughs> will instant, and I will instantly win but at the sight of my junk. Okay. I was supposed to say that every episode, right? Yeah. Something about my junk every episode. You're right. Oh, you had not thing? talked about your genitalia this time. So. I don't know. There was a lot of hip thrusting, though. Although there was. it is an audio podcast, so <laughs> that really only benefits the uh, the live viewers. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Pretty much every character from Dragon Ball Super would beat One Punch Man. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually much I thought of Dragon Ball Super too. I mean, they're literally at the point where. When Goku fights Birusu, they risk destroying the entire universe with the power that they that they emit. I don't think that, I don't think that um, whatever the hell the guy from One Punch Man's name is, he's not quite there yet. What about what about uh, Simon from Gurren Logan at the end? Are they like throwing galaxies and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they probably beat him too. But he's in a super robot. Yeah, That's I fair. mean, like, like it depends on if you're counting like one on one with or without super robots. Like, That's fair. But I mean, if they've got superpowers, then a super robot, I feel like, is yeah. the equivalent thereof. It's fair game. All right, next one. Uh, next one's from LaughterGirl02. Hello again, my lovely AAA hosts. I know this question has probably been asked before, but as a relatively longtime listener of the podcast, what, in your opinion, would be the most enjoyable anime you reviewed on the show so far? Thanks again, LaughterGirl. So far, good lord. Yeah, um, we've I, done a lot. Yeah, I really enjoyed reviewing Yuri on Ice with you. That, that was, was fun. fun. Um, I would, I... <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. But the first thing that comes to mind, and I hate to be a broken record, it's just so good and go out and watch it, is um, Descending Stories, uh, Rakugo. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that one is incredible. And I didn't expect it to be nearly as good as it was. Otherwise, uh, maybe Mawara Penguin Drum, because that was the triumphant return for mm-hmm. me to Ikuni, and he didn't fail me. Mm, the Your Lie in April review. Oh. <sighs> I feel like that was one of the first times ever that we all agreed on a five star for a show. No, no hesitation. To yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I really liked Grimgar fantasy and fantasy and Ash. I'm pretty much the only one, I think. But that review really solidified how much of a hater Cosmo is. And that was memorable <laughs> for me. Also, Space Brothers. Because Space Brothers is amazing. I really enjoyed reviewing that. Not as much as I enjoyed watching it, but... For me, it's probably a lot of the anime that are underappreciated. 
but you yeah, just get to right. be like, watch this show. Oh, like 91 days. That review like was great too. Like 91 days, yes. I think I like reviewing anime that I know the two of us yeah. or even all of us have enjoyed like either together or separately, but consents like see what made 91 days so good is that you and i purposefully did not talk about the ending for weeks weeks and so we oh, can talk about crazy. it on the show and have it be and have it be fresh all right next one comes from mcneary they write hi everyone what mcneary norm- mcfarry what normal tv or film would you like to see hypothetically made as anime i.e game of thrones but not allowed game of thrones when what place i.e scotland where i'm from love where and what place? I.E. Scotland. Love the show. Keep it up. And keep up the good work, laddies and lassies. Stranger Things. I would watch a, a Stranger Things anime. You They're know, already kids. It's perfect. I would I would want, though, it to be done by the same, going back to, to our Voltron discussion, by the same mm-hmm. studio that did Voltron and Legend of Korra mm-hmm. and Avatar. The reason being is because Stranger Things is so steeped in 1980s American culture. It would need to be done by an American studio. It would need to be, it would at least need to be directed Mm-hmm. By by an American and and I and not to say that that Japan doesn't have its own 1980s culture, but like it is it is just a show set in a time period for a certain audience yeah. who has a connection to that time period. And I think if you don't have that connection, you don't understand a lot of what makes Stranger Things work on a very fundamental level. And and maybe I'll get hate for saying that. That's fair, but that's just my personal opinion on that one. But I, I would agree it would be cool to see Stranger Things as an anime. Westworld. Oh. That would be a cool anime, I think. That would be a cool anime. For sure. Combination sci-fi and western. Maybe uh Orange is the New Black. Maybe then we'd get some representation of uh <laughs> LGBTQ and anime. That would be another one that we would probably need an American, uh, an American director for. Except are they actually lesbians in that show, or are they just lesbians because they're in prison? Both. Because there's a lot of gay, like gay guys in prison that are probably probably wouldn't be. That's kind of a theme of the show on different levels too. Yeah, and you've got a lot of people who are bisexual too. Yeah, I saw a little bit of it. I think. Next. Next. I'll read it. It's long. Black Shinobi writes. Hey, what up, AAA fam? About 10 years ago, I met the Asian of my dreams, and we've been married for two years now. Congratulations. Congrats. When we first met, we both loved anime, and we shared this interest until we started going to anime cons. A series of very strange and awkward interactions with some random people at cons has caused her to get a little turned off from anime as a whole and want to disassociate from it. It's not like she's completely turned off by anime. In fact, she's still tries to pick up new shows each season she says nothing feels fun and it seems a bit immature to her now my question is what can i do to make anime more fun for her again also is there anything i can do to make cons more enjoyable for both of us love the show thanks for answering my mailbag um okay so my my kind of first initial reactions to this and what i've said i've said this before is i think it's totally okay to take a break from any like fan thing you know, you could be really hardcore into video games and then just not feel it for a while and come back to it. And that's OK. Like, give yourself time. Like mm-hmm. in, in, in the book world, people call them book hangovers when you just read a fantastic book and then you don't want to read anything else for a while. Yeah. And and that's like I think it's totally possible. I either somewhere between like a, a hangover air quote where you saw something fantastic and nothing else compares for a while or you're just a bit burnt out. You, you did too much with it. So one, I mean, maybe she needs rather than trying to force herself to pick up an anime or two every season, maybe take a season or two off and then 
when she goes back into it, go even back past the current stuff to find something that suits her of what she's looking for when you say like maybe a more mature show um, or, you know, what show fits kind of what she's looking for there. And I think you could even probably go back um, on, on that kind of on the flip side maybe you guys could watch together some anime from way back when that you guys just really liked nostalgia wise. Like sometimes if I'm kind of feeling meh about watching new anime, I'll bust out Oran High School Host Club yep. and just watch a couple of episodes I do of that, that with Cowboy Bebop sometimes. Exactly. Like yeah. sometimes just going back, watch Trigun, watch Kenshin, watch something like and Full Metal Alchemist. And especially something specific to you guys. Yeah, that- something that you guys watched and bonded over in the beginning of your relationship maybe. Like something... Uh, something nostalgic and personal to you. As far as the con side of things go, I've noticed myself that I've outgrown cons a bit. And, and, and when I say that, I, I still enjoy anime conventions, but they're a lot more for me of, I'm there to do something. I'm there because I want to see a panel or I want to walk the artist alley or I want to get something from the dealer's room. Cosplay and booze. It's literally it. And like, I don't, (laughs) I don't do anything else. And so like, I I think it's one of those things where one go in with a, with a plan of attack. And two, I also think it's, you know, set expectations. Like it's okay to look at things. There are things about anime cons now where I'm like, I am literally too old to enjoy this. Like, like there are things, but, but I can see it. Like I see the cosplayers running around shouting, whatever is the cool thing to shout. Like back, back in the day, it was like Hitalia parades where all the Hitalia cosplayers would get together and just parade around the con. And I would just be like swarms of Deadpools, um, (laughs) the swarms of Deadpools when that was a thing, um, or is a thing. And so it, there's always something that I brace myself for, but it's like, at the same time, I think it's tapping into that nostalgia where I look at that and I'm like, I remember when I was that person and <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing that. So I'm going to let them be, but I don't want to touch that anymore. No, I'm kind of the same way. I think what, I, what I've what i noticed about cons is unless I have a specific reason to be at a con, I don't, I don't just go to a con for the con's sake anymore. Like, sure, while I'm there, I'll do the lap around the dealer's room and see if there's anything that sticks out to me that I might want to purchase that has merit, like a like a, some sort of fan-made jewelry. I love walking around the artist alley because there's so many talented people. Um, but unless I am working on a cosplay with a group of people or... Um, I uh, I dressed up as zombie apocalypse Velma for Halloween and I thought it was a really good outfit. So I wore it at a con specifically just to see reactions to it. And this was like a while back. Um, or if I'm going to be in a panel specifically or something. Other than that, I don't really feel the need anymore. Um, even when I go to the dealer's room and walk around, very rarely will I actually end up buying something. It's just kind of to see what's there. Um, so I guess... There isn't really anything wrong with not going to cons or with going to cons for specific things and kind of staying with your own group. And I like I'm I'm sorry that you had some really awkward and bad interactions like that can really ruin things like con experiences as long as you guys kind of I, I guess stay with your group of people, try to make it fun for yourself, like I know when me when Kazuo and I went the last time, we just kind of hung out 
just the two of us. We went and got a drink somewhere. We went and watched the fire show. At- I was going to say, pro tip, alcohol helps. Alcohol <laughs> helps a lot. I mean, Kazuo and I probably drank too much. But we, you know, it it's a lot more fun to people watch and stuff when you're drunk. <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully we helped at least a little bit. My question would be, if anime feels immature, I, I, first of all, I wonder how old you guys are. Um, and regardless of that, why not suggest more mature anime that are about adults? I think that when adults like me watch anime about little kids, whether they're actually little kids in the show or if they just look like little kids, like for example, New Game, they're supposed to be like out of they're supposed to be like out of high school, but they look ten. I'm like, well, I don't really enjoy this because I just it just doesn't feel like I, I don't connect to it anymore. I'm 32 years old. I don't really associate with 10 year olds whether or not they're doing whether or not they are actually 10 or if they just look that old so why not more mature mature shows like planet tests or space brothers or monster or something like that those shows are still enjoyable to me and for anime cons there will come an age where you will outgrow them it's just a fact yeah but and and in this audience on this podcast our, our primary listeners are between ages 20 and 35 so i assume that a lot of the people listening don't really like cons anymore but at a con, I find that the panels and the are, are, are tend to sometimes be a little more mature, especially if you pick if you handpick them, pick like the more educational panels. And I think that if you go to a con and you pick the panels that are interesting to you, and they're about like the history of, I don't know, manga or something like that. And then if you stick to the dealer's room, you can pretty much avoid all the obnoxious like parades and shit that are going on. Truth. Yeah. All right, last one. Who wants to read it? I will. Go for it. Sorry if I mispronounced this. Mikelos writes, have you tried to get Cram back on the podcast? He could help at times when you were short on hosts. Cram was a great host when he was on the podcast, but he's busy living his own life right now and working on his career that he started. And honestly, this podcast has never been, since the first day we, we did this podcast, it has never utilized Skype as or or the phone or anything like that probably the closest thing was when i was studying abroad in japan i would call in now and then and and when i was when you guys were both in japan and i was are you trying to play footsie i absolutely am oh god uh (laughs) when uh when you guys were both in japan and i was still here in florida i think i skyped in a couple of times but it's just super like number one it's not good audio quality and number two it's it's difficult like feasibility wise to actually maintain a conversation with lag and with distance and trying to gauge reactions and stuff. And I, I feel like, I feel like the best dynamic obviously is everyone in a room together. Yeah. Yes. But I almost feel like it's harder if you have one or two people calling in and the rest of the people are in the room together because to your point, everyone in the room is getting that real time interaction feeding off of each other. And then whoever is Skyping in is like a, has to kind of shout from the background. Yeah. So, but I miss Cram and I wish he would just, I never got to meet him. He's awesome. The reason why this podcast, in my opinion, not trying to sound all badass or whatever, has a better host dynamic than most other podcasts is because we don't use Skype. You can see people's facial expressions. You can, you know, when they're going to take pauses in their speech, so you can jump in, and and it, it probably it, helps cut down a lot on the editing. Too. The editing and, and the conversation feels more natural, and you really can't get the kind of emotion and vibe from your friends that you would have if you're sitting around a table. If you're, 
you know, a thousand miles away. So honestly, even if we had Cram back on the podcast, yeah, he has a nice microphone. He'd probably still sound like the Cram voice that you love, but it wouldn't be the same anyway. So that's, it is what it is. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you, everyone who listened. Thank you to those of you who joined us live on our YouTube channel. If you aren't subscribed to us on YouTube, look us up. We're Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast official. And that way, if you subscribe, you'll get automatic updates whenever we go live. So be sure to do that. You can also find us always at aaapodcast.com forward slash join. Create your account and then you can sign up to get access to our hentai episodes, hobby addicts and after parties, which is basically like eight additional podcast episodes a month. So basically be sure to check all of that out. And of course, let us know your thoughts, whether it is Funimation being acquired by Sony. Don't hate me. Your favorite things in off-brand genres, or if you agree or disagree with us on the impressions that you know we talked about today, let us know in fa- at, on our group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash AAA podcast. You're probably on Facebook anyway. Join join the group and, and say hi to some other anime fans. So this is Chiaki, Kimiko, and Mitsugi signing out, and you guys have a great week.